0: It's a sled He's dead The box contains his wife's head Vader's his father They're allergic to water She's a sister
1: and her daughter
0: You watched it wrong
1: from- Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of You Watched It Wrong. We have covered the uh, 2000, they keep saying the 2018 Oscars, but it is the 2017 Oscars. I'm sorry. Well, it's like the
0: 2018 Super Bowl was the culmination of the 2017 season.
1: Ah, yes. yes, The the 85 Bears played in the 86 Super Bowl. Right, right. It's the 85 championship. Anyway, we covered the uh, 2018 Oscars for a session we call You Awarded It Wrong. The ninetieth anniversary annual Academy Awards. Broadcast from Hollywood, California, just a stone's throw from my apartment. Or a meteor's flight from my basement. <laughs> Actually, it's not a stone's throw. Um, I'd have if I can throw over a mountain, then you then can. Would, you can. I can? Okay, then it's I believe a stone's in throw. You. My my son says he can, so someone in his family can can hit the Kodak Theater from from the valley. I'm sure that mountain is made of stone. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just natural. <laughs> it's natural to throw a stone. That was the stone it. I was referring to. Yeah, that'd i be throwing. So uh, unlike our lost in her episodes, it's literally uh, as I look at my bare wrist, 20 minutes from uh, the end of the Oscar to the close of the Oscar telecast. And so we thought we'd share our thoughts with you because I'm sure that's what you would want. So let's talk about these Oscars. How, yes. Todd, you want to go with overall impressions? Like as an yeah. Oscar, as let's a, start as with a broadcaster, or as a movie year? Oh, um, well, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's talk about the movie, the year. I did not expect that. Oh, uh, gosh. Maybe uh, we shouldn't. D- <laughs> it's so sudden. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the year of movies. Uh, your impressions of the 2017 uh, 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 lineup. As it were. Uh, well, you know, I only
0: mostly got out and saw family films this year. I guess we did that more often than usual. So I saw a couple movies that, like, I kind of fell asleep during. I think we were. Picking down to like the next echelon of uh, of family films with the kids, <laughs> so you know. So I was seeing like a Lego Ninjago movie and saying, "Oh wait, what happened?" I I, I think I dozed off there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have like a theme. Uh, I didn't say that as if I had prepared anything to say about it.
1: <laughs> it probably was a bad idea. All right, I this is a really strong year for movies. It was it was um, not only the ones that weren't nominated that are there was just a really good crop this year it was really exciting and invigorating to me and and that's even including the ones that i haven't yet even seen i'm just intrigued <laughs> by a lot of the ones that i haven't i mean i've seen a lot actually uh, mostly at home um i haven't you know weirdly enough i've been seeing less and less family films lately just because my son fights against the idea of movies because he knows i love them <laughs> So he does not want to go. So we have not been watching them. So it's... you've been going to a lot of like punk rock concerts. Right. And... <laughs> oh, oh, if only. No, but I have concerts. Been, you know, how the punk bands. I've put been on VODing the shit out of those punk concerts. <laughs> um, but I have spent more in VOD this year than I think I've ever had because I just wanted to prepare for this very show. I invest in this show as the upcoming episodes will prove i invest in the show <laughs> emotionally so, emotionally yes they're very draining so the uh uh but um as far as the nominations go i you know i didn't really see any real groaners uh oh. in the list uh i mean the ones that uh, i mean i mean the only I, of all the best picture nominees the only two i've not seen are the post and uh, Darkest Hour. I started oh, okay. Darkest Hour the other night. I got about thirty minutes into it and I and I Man, my body decided I needed to sleep. Didn't just don't bother. It's a <laughs> shitty movie.
0: I, <laughs> I didn't like Darkest Hour. It I, was I thought it was the bad movie in the uh ah, um, okay. In the best picture list. Well I'd seen all of them except for um Shape of Water. Boy did I make a bad that's I guess that's my <laughs> takeaway of the of the movies is um <laughs> I, all of my movie decision, movie making decisions were wrong because I didn't choose the shape of water, which was the best choice I could have made <laughs> to see a movie apparently. Well, and it was from the, the one Academy's I, point of view and it was the one, uh, uh well, they ought to know yeah. they're the ones who make them. <laughs> uh, and so,
1: um,
0: but I didn't see the shape of water. i never got out and saw it. I wanted to. Um, and, uh, call me by your name, but I did see all the other, uh, nominees and I thought they were all good. Um, I thought they were all really good. Um, except I was middling on Dunkirk. I thought it was okay. I mean, I, mm. there, I thought there were things about it that were great and there were things about it that didn't overall, I wasn't like inspired by it or anything. Um, but then again, we've addressed my Christopher Nolan problem, <laughs> uh, in previous episodes and then, um, uh, and then, uh, darkest hour, which I just thought was a. Bad cheesy
1: movie. All um, the that, other
0: I saw, I thought were really strong.
1: Now, now, just a quick. So, I don't want to dwell on negativity, but um, I, I saw a, a montage of during the Oscar ceremony of *Darkest Hour*, and it made me think that perhaps you told me previously uh, before the podcast days ago uh, that you couldn't stand the excessive over-the-head shots of the camera yeah. above everybody, like it was just constant. It wasn't yeah. constant, but oh, there, was it? it was
0: overplayed for sure. Overplayed. Yeah. Do
1: you think that they were trying to build some, like, war map motif? Is that what think they were going for? Like, everything's like a strategy? That just popped in my head get, when I was watching
0: that. I didn't get that um, okay. at all. I mean, if you're going to do that, then I think they would have somehow uh, rhymed it with the, the, the map on the wall of the war room where they actually are right. planning the war strategy, but that didn't happen. I think it was more about, um, it was supposed to signify uh, you know, th- this one person's uh, role in a larger um, historical play that was happening. And it was just kind of both showing uh, someone looking for hope um, by staring to the heavens, um, but also like, um, uh, uh, showing the scope of one person against the scope of, uh, the broader, uh, you know, th- this is the fate of the world or, you know, mm-hmm. the fate of the British empire or the Western Europe or freedom or what have you. I don't know. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't know. I. I thought a lot of that movie was kind of muddled, mm. um. Yeah, uh, well, we'll we'll get more. I have more to right. complain about that movie. But we'll get
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll um, get... a, a quick rundown for for me of just the best pictures. I guess. Call me. Uh, this week I watched a lot. I watched at least five of the movies this week. Uh, it got very complicated. My feelings got very complicated because suddenly there was I was seeing way more really really great films. Now my prediction. That we made on our podcast a year ago That Get Out would probably remain my favorite film of the year That stayed true I think it is the best film of the year And the most important film of the year Possibly even of the decade Which made this Oscar ceremony I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead A little weird Because I I never thought I'd be disappointed To see Gary Oldman win an Oscar Like I've been wanting, I've been wanting that for him for so long. I love Gary Oldman so much, but Daniel Kaluuya, man, that he—that's a—that's well, performance. Now you're, yeah, right. that's
0: not okay. Okay, we won't get. We're into that. gonna get to but that category. Maybe I'll cut that later.
1: Okay, all right. So, but uh, but so I saw Call Me by Your Name, which is really good. It's a formidable movie. Uh, Mudbound, I saw recently, which is devastatingly great. Um. Both in all its categories, but it's well directed, it's well written, it's well performed, it's well um, uh, the cinematography is gr- um, great. like that challenged me mm-hmm. because I was like I was like, ugh, yeah Roger Deacons is deserves the Oscar,
0: but okay, we're going to get to the Okay, get to these So anyway,
1: categories. anyway, so we have uh, a game plan for this episode for once. for once. Uh, yes yes, yes yes, yes. It's been a very strong year for movies. I think things that were left out were like colossal. And um, the big six should have had a little more of a presence, but um, I'm glad that it got recognized. Yeah, so it was. It's been a very exciting year for movies. Now, so let's let's start in on the actual ceremony. The first thing we see in the ceremony is actually a rather clever concept that I was really happy to see uh, with the with the old uh, newsreel footage. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a clever conceit. Yeah, I like that. It was a nice playful bit. I wish it done a little bit more with sort
0: of the contrast between here we are in uh, with Me Too and yeah. uh, and Oscars so black like with the the uh, Oscars moving forward or Hollywood trying to move forward mm-hmm. or trying to put like it's uh, some of its ugliness behind it and then going to this old timey you mm-hmm. know I mean the old timey feel was seemed only to be a play on here it is the ninetieth. Uh, annual Oscar doesn't that sound old? And so let's right. do oldie tiny thing. Um, I mean, there was the you know black leader of a president joke. I don't know. I just right. I, there, I guess there was a little bit of that there. I just felt like there should have been more about what that gag was about. And it, right. It, it could have been funnier that way too.
1: It could have been, and also more resonant because I actually didn't remember it until just this moment. And um, until, well, but I did like I was, it. I thought it was
0: funny, and I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a good. Uh, Little tiny voice doing it
1: live too. Oh yeah, no, I've, it's not easy. I, I've come around on Jimmy Kimmel. I actually thought, think he's a he's actually a really good host for these things. Yeah, um, I thought it was uh,
0: weird. Um, uh, the camera angle on uh, Emma Stone on the red carpet. Yeah, like the camera kept creeping into her profile, like it was just trying to get a <laughs> shot of her nipple. A lot of nipples in this broadcast. I I said A to I said to my wife who was watching, it's the year of the bosom. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> like like I, I wish I could have heard anything Taraji um, P Hansen said. I think I got every part of her name wrong. Uh, but my wife and I were just going, wait, Taraji sh- P Nelson? Yeah, yeah. It's like wait, she's she's wearing something under that. Why can we see her nipple? I'm gonna go back and watch
0: that. Again. Like she was like,
1: like, you can like totally just see her the, was Like, yeah, but she's got something on under there. It's like something cupping her. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> the
0: the sexiness was like smoldering through my television screen. Uh, that was my outfit of the night. If I I had my notes on fashion. Yeah, uh, we oh, good. Yeah, yeah. We got around to that. But she was my uh, top pick. Like my my TV set almost melted. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's right. I don't know. I gotta dug the guy who had the two short tuxedo cuffs. Uh, jacket and uh and the nike's oh, uh,
0: and he hit. was wearing those dark sunglasses and kept looking up and I'm like oh it's really uh awesome that a blind guy could win best set decoration <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was possible yeah it's we're very progressive this year maybe now we can afford some nice shoes um
1: yeah that was it was one of those things where like i it reminded me of the time and i I I've never felt this way before but I remember I was walking to my car on campus past into the parking garage and I saw a man on a unicycle. Like drive into the parking garage and from out of nowhere just this thing came out of me. Oh fuck you. <laughs> like I never thought I hated unicycles or people riding on unicycles but when I saw this man on campus just riding a unicycle recreationally or as a form of transportation i hated this man with all my soul i just guess because this he what... was
0: such a non-conformist
1: or I don't he was know. just being was
0: too just... ostentatious like he yeah. was just trying to draw attention to himself or I, I don't
1: know maybe it was because it was like look he thinks he can use the parking garage like a real car or something uh, i don't know it's like it's like you got a unicycle don't go into the parking garage so, so you were in your car still and... no i was walking but I saw him and I was just angry. I don't know why it made me angry. It was weird. Anyhow, but that's what I saw when I yeah, saw his outfit. Know, I just got angry. I mean,
0: usually you seek out uh, entertainment, but not uh,
1: acrobatics. Not well, yeah, uh, not where transportation is concerned. Not where transportation... And, and like I like to see nonconformity in fashion. Normally I would have thought what he did was fine, but I just looked at him and I was like, oh, no, you should get off the stage. <laughs> Not in my parking garage. <laughs> Anywho, so then we get to Jimmy
0: Kimmel's monologue. Uh, timely, topical. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the statue of limitations joke was good. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: I don't remember much of it at this moment, but I remember really liking. I remember thinking it was very good. It was appropriate, and I like. I really liked that the whole ceremony really dove right into those, addressed those issues at all points. They didn't dance around it. They didn't try to. Claim that they were already, it wasn't like they were saddling up to their only black friend and going, Look, take a picture. Yeah. It felt like they were kind of owning it a little bit more than they weren't seen being
0: sheepish it. and they would be like, As a white guy, right? You know, just
1: like saying, like, I'm with you, you know, I'm with you. Right. Yeah, that's just it. And and, I, yeah. I, and that's what's going on in the industry, and I'm, and that's what's going on in the world. And I'm glad that's what they were talking about. and And while it was sometimes a little weird. To have all these speeches like that and then see old white guys get up and win the awards most of the time. Um I also I was conflicted because I was like, well, Roger Deakins has got his due and James Ivory has his due. They're you know, they're they shit's good, your shit's good. Your shit's good, your shit's good, exactly. So in a way it was nice to Oh, Carrie though, my my lovely bride, took a um took did take quite offense to calling the nominee, the female nominees the, who are in certain categories that, that never don't have, have had female nominees before trailblazers. Cause she's like, no, 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 no. The trailblazers are the women who got stamps trampled on trying to get there. That's what the trail, what's that means? <laughs> you are the recipient of the trailbl. And then somebody did actually restate that later. In the ceremony, she's like, yeah, okay, good. I'm glad they said that because people who actually, you know, were trying and were destroyed doing it. And, you know, they are the real trailblazers. There should be an in
0: memoriam segment for them. <laughs> the ones who whose careers got derailed and
1: yeah. sabotaged. Right. And we saw a little bit of that tonight uh, with, uh, with uh, a couple of choice segments. Okay, so...
0: Best supporting actor. Best supporting actor. Viola Davis uh walking out like her feet hurt. <laughs> and she wasn't even in part of the my feet hurt bit. <laughs> well, and walking yeah. out to the Austin Powers music.
1: I, that right? was strange I was like, I couldn't figure out remember what the what hell's that going was. on. But I was like, what what is that? <laughs> yeah, that was very strange. I and I thought to myself, are they doing that to keep it lively because it's taking her so long to get there? My mind was racing to okay, who is
0: the actress who won best supporting <laughs> actress from an Austin Powers movie? Because <laughs> um, we just come out of a montage of great right supporting actress roles, and then the Austin Powers movie. Okay, did they
1: not keep that consistent? Did they like not do it or... for? Did they did that. Did they not do that for actress? Because I don't recall seeing one for actress. They did, or, yeah. or, or, or a- supporting actress. Yeah, they did. Excuse they
0: me. Did. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. No, they definitely did. All right. So. No, have... zero examples are coming to mind. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to say that. Oh, did.
0: Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, for Chicago. Oh, right, right. Because right, right, she was like right. the last one. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was always kind of weird that that was, she was even even in the best supporting That's actress always, category. Man. It was like a co-lead Yeah. role. And then she's like got um that's like the you know, the kid in my high school class who got um uh what's it called when you get the best grades. Uh
1: yeah, I wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> you know that like, that Latin term when you're the oh, top of your class.
1: Oh, But she um but
0: she didn't take any of the A P classes just so she would get that. <laughs> and we all hated
1: her. So um, um so Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor. Your your pick for Best. I only actor. saw one movie in this category. Three
0: billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay. Which, which ones did you see?
1: I saw all of them except uh All the Money in the World. So that one I didn't see. Okay. So my 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 only horses
0: in this race were Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. And um, can I, I'll give my take first since I have the least amount of information to okay, go on sure. and then you can expand, uh, with your increased uh, knowledge, um, about this. So, um, I loved three billboards. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I thought it was like a great movie with some serious, a couple serious flaws, um, in terms of the writing, but also in terms of one of, one of the things I didn't like about the movie was Sam Rockwell's performance.
1: Um, Really? Really.
0: Um, Now, I might be biased. I'm not – I've never been a Sam Rockwell fan in general. Really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I've always just found him to be a little cartoony um, and pulling me out. And I thought his performance in this movie was – had two flaws. The minor one being I thought he was a little cartoony in the the first segment um, before his – before the fire, Mm -hmm. spoilers abound in this episode as usual. So before the fire, he's this kind of cartoony character, but I thought he was good uh, in that role. Um, uh, But after the fire, and I thought this was a problem with the script and I thought he didn't address it in his performance at all. It just felt like a different character to me. Like the, whatever like redemption is conferred on him, it didn't feel Mm -hmm. earned. Um, it, it felt like a different, it felt like a different, barely connected performance to me. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't see the through line between pre-fire and post-fire versions of this character, Jason Dixon. Um, and I didn't, I didn't believe it. He didn't make me believe it. The writing didn't make me believe it and he didn't make me believe it. It felt like um, uh, it was felt like a movie trying to make a point rather than taking me on a journey with this character. Mm. I didn't buy it. Whereas I thought, um, Woody Harrelson and his character were strangely and surprisingly kind of became the moral center of the movie. And, um, when it seems in the beginning that he's going to be the, the villain, entirely the villain. Um, and I, I thought Harrelson's performance brought it. I thought he really like shaded his, his character really well to make him like both this sort of threatening asshole who tolerates all sorts of awfulness uh, on his force, but also um, I believed his, his uh, suicide note to the Jason Dixon Mm -hmm. character about how the job was really all about love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, I thought, I thought his performance carried that through the whole thing. Like looking backwards, it was, I thought it was there. Um, so I, I thought Woody Harrelson by far, hands down gave the the better performance and I did not like Sam Rockwell's performance. That was one of my criticisms. So then I didn't even know, I guess I kind of knew he was, um, nominated, but then when I looked and saw, cause I haven't really been following the, the race who was considered the favorite. And when I checked and saw that he was the favorite and like, really, just surprised mm. me. So I don't know. What was your take? So
1: you picked could, Sam Rockwell. We could the, do in, a, the, in your spreadsheet. We so could do a whole segment on this. Um, and I'm going to try to pull back. And I actually was debating this on Facebook. One thing I actually love about Three Billboards is, even though Get Out is a probably a perfect movie, Three Billboards has I think inspired a lot more discussion, mainly because of the backlash particularly about this character. And 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 he, here's here's the thing I keep hearing is that they keep talking about his redemption. And for me, and I, I, I and I, I want to talk about it in terms of me, I guess, because that's how I viewed it. And I don't want to tell anybody else how their experience is, but I fully believe that the movie feels this way too. Um there is no redemption for Jason Dixon. And I think um I think that we as a culture are not ready to um see a person who is obviously a monster. He he's a cartoonish buffoonish monster who tortures people who is to, who has tortured a person of color in custody. And then he goes on this uh a, a journey at the at the half of the movie where he is actually trying to do something bigger than himself um, without repenting for his past crimes. And like, I don't think we're ready for that because it doesn't redeem him on a racial level. It doesn't redeem him as a person. What it does is it shows someone who suddenly is trying to care and do what his job that he's supposed to do for, you know, For lack of a better term for a white lady as opposed to anyone else and um i mean there's a positively there's a moment that i love well i don't love it it's awful but i i i i I love what it does um when he has this really intimate moment with her where he's with uh, mildred where he's saying you know we we got we got a lead i think it's gonna turn out i just don't want you to give up hope it's this really intimate conversation that he concludes with a racist slam against mexicans (laughs) It's a positively Mike judgeian moment of, hey, this guy that is doing this thing that is actually good. Um, remember, he's still not a good guy. He's 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 still that guy. And, and the movie,
0: I mean, and the movies like every character, almost every character is. The white characters in the movie are all like that, right? And um, so, I,
1: and so, I don't think that anybody. So the thing is, is that because you see him um protect the case file from his burning flesh we see him strive to and we see his his heart break my heart breaks for him when he not just for mildred but for him when they hear that when he gets the dna test results and finds out that that's not the guy and even though he's found his badge quote unquote you know a little he actually kind of became a cop in the end for the first mm-hmm. time he's not redeemed at all at all. And so I'm I'm not, and that's not a flaw in the storytelling. That's very purposeful. And so I think that we, as moviegoers, we are expected because we see somebody do something, they either start to care or they become selfless or whatever that you're going, okay, the movie is redeeming them much like a movie that I think is going to be our next movie um, that I'll refrain from getting into now. But Audiences can't stand it when... You mean it, the next movie that we discuss on the podcast, not yes. the one we make. Well, Right, right, exactly. Uh, I don't think audiences... They, they just expect that the movie is going to redeem it when it shows somebody doing something good or selfless. And this movie doesn't do that, but the nature so of movies makes you think it is.
0: I, I don't think... Um, I didn't mean redeem in the sense that it will washes away the, the things he's done in the past. My criticism
1: is I don't believe his decision to now be different. Well, you know, I did think there was a moment where like there's a few things that does bother me about the movie. But the the main thing that bothered me was that I didn't see how Woody Harrelson saw in him someone who wanted to be a detective. This guy was acting like anything but. And um, so I thought that was a little weird. But now in just our conversation, I get it now. Is that Woody Harrelson said? You know, being a detective is all about love. Now, Woody Harrelson's not completely. His character isn't a um, Willoughby. Isn't a uh, a model citizen either. No, and he's not some genius. And he's not a genius, but he he has shown special insight into people. You know, but he did into the into the fact of Dixon in that if he tells him that I see this in you. And you need to be a detective of love. Love is the part of the job, and then that—the fact that that is now put upon him—kind of inspires him to be more than he is. The fact that his his late superior is egging him on to be it. Not that he's like saying you're deep, you're a good person at heart, which is what he says. I don't think he really is a good person at heart, but he does. I don't know. I I, I felt I felt like 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 Woody Harrelson gave him the push to want to be more, to want to be better. And and yeah, I don't
0: see why that isn't I would have believed it then if what we see after that has a shade of this being a selfish motivation. But I just I felt like he was being depicted as being completely selfless from that point forward. And I just didn't buy it one bit. I Mm -hmm. thought it was too much of a turnaround. You know, if it was him, like, I need to show how that I can be a good cop. I, I, need, I need to show that I can be the person that Chief Willoughby saw in me. And like that was his drive. I I I would have bought that, I think. But I didn't see that. Like suddenly he was consumed with the need to solve this crime. Like, I don't now, know. I would, I, I didn't I would it. I, didn't, I would. I didn't buy it.
1: I would. I would concede that point. Because I go okay, well, then the movie didn't have time to do the step to him being selfishly and then actually do see the value of acting selflessly. But his scene with with Welby in the hospital, where he comes in as the burn victim, right? Welby gets, get, uh, Welby humbles him with the orange juice. Yeah, I, I love that moment because here you got a person who has every right to not only not have anything to do with this person, but actually probably make his life worse there. Sure. After he finds out, he still goes through with the giving the simple kindness of, you're probably thirsty. And granted, that was not a a black person doing that to him, which is what I think a lot of people felt was missing from the movie. But at the same time, we never saw that. We did see him throw this guy out the window. <laughs> I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying that, this was what was here. I mean, like, Welby gives him that. And before he does it, he confesses. Or he says, what I did was wrong. So he does ask for a little repentance. Not for everything. But he he lets go of that part when he realizes this is... He's, he's at his lowest moment. And I think he is changed after that orange juice. I don't know. I... Uh, I just
0: didn't think, uh, and I think a lot of this is in the writing, so we can get back to this when you get to the writing category. Right. I just didn't think he, his character, from the scene in the hospital line, I just don't feel like his character is allowed to be as um, remain as
1: complicated as Francis McDormand's character is. I don't know. I disagree. I think he was more complicated after that point. I really do.
0: Well, maybe we need a whole episode on uh, three I billboards we outside. We'll Ebzing, move on. Uh,
1: But uh, I, I really did think he was more complicated. I, I, in fact, I, I, you know, he conjured memories of John Polito and Miller's Crossing for me, which I think is one of the greatest writing uh, feats in a screenplay for a character. As
0: discussed way back in episode one.
1: I did believe. we do this on the show? I guess we did. So, you know, you got a character who's the moral center, the comic relief, the main antagonist and um, the moral center of the show. Um, I think I said moral center twice. I don't know. So, so, yeah, memories of him came up during this movie for me, for Sam Rockwell. So, while I was less impressed with Woody Harrelson, uh, actually, um, I, I do think that Woody Harrelson does become the moral center. And I thought he was fine. I liked him a lot. But yeah, his character is certainly the moral center of the movie. Um, And I think neither uh, McDormand or, or, or Rockwell are redeemed in any way at the end of the movie and are going off on this uneasy alliance for something we don't even know is something they should be doing. But they have come to an understanding. And this whole movie, and this is probably more for the writing section, this whole movie has led me to this question. What do we expect from the racists in our country? What do we, hmm. is that we want them to see the error of their thought. We want them to see uh, the damage that's inflicted just by having this point of view. And I'm not even talking about people who have actually committed racial crimes. I'm talking about the soft power of racism. And it's made, this movie has led me to the discussion. I don't think it was the point of the movie, but it's led me to the discussion of, what do I expect from our racists? Do I want them to just be enlightened and see the error and acknowledge the damage that could be done by holding this point of view and change? Or do I want them to pay? And I, I honestly don't have an answer to that question. And that's why I love this performance. And I love this writing of this character because it complicates that. Um, it, it makes it a more and, and, and in the light of the era of today, this probably isn't the right time to be celebrating such a role, but and I see people's edginess to it, but at the same time, it brings to that question what do I expect? What do I expect to happen? what will I be satisfied with? I don't know.
0: okay, okay, moving on. so next out um, we have the little bit about what happens when uh, speeches go over long about the get out guy yeah. um will come out <laughs> and then uh a totally appropriate apparently nobody told this actor how to get out of the bit <laughs> like what he's supposed to do right when to stop yelling get out and how to
1: exit the stage right. but the camera didn't just cut away from him they wanted to show him leaving the stage lest you'd expect so it's just gotta like Okay, we're stuck here, uh,
0: yeah, it was that was uh, that seemed like it went according to plan, but yeah. okay, <laughs> um, and then makeup and hairstyling said our makeup and hairstyling award um between darkest hour, uh, some movie where I couldn't figure out what makeup and hairstyling was being rewarded,
1: <laughs> Victoria um, and a duel.
0: Yeah, that and one, then and then uh, Wonder, which I haven't seen, and I didn't know anything about it. And um, I just want to know if it's, like, a, is that a remake of Mask?
1: I don't think it's a remake. Starring Eric Stoltz? It, it, apparently, it's a sleeper hit that's a big... Um, it's not a remake of Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> it's a... Uh, uh, apparently, it's a big crowd pleaser. It's, it did very well, but I not. I don't know much yeah. about it. But uh, we kind of figured Darkest Hour would take this one. I mean... The the makeup should have won the best
0: uh, actor Oscar. Apparently,
1: so yeah, yeah that that was kind of was a no brainer.
0: Okay, costume design. Eva Marie Saint comes out um,
1: and says that the ovation she got makes up for her husband dying. <laughs> that was an out of order impromptu statement. That I know where she's going from coming from, but it was it was. Strange. She looks great for over ninety, though. You have to admit, but yeah, that makes of, up for uh, my. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the conversation
0: I, I witnessed between my father and my grandmother, his mother. I won't go into the details, although that's it's a it's a story all of its own. Um, but it's basically about how some some trauma that my father had to live through as a child, um, and then you know. And he's talking about it, and then uh, my grandma's like, "Well, I'm, I, am i am sorry, I didn't know all that was happening, or you know, something along those lines." And then he says, "Well, ma, you know, trying to let her off the hook a little bit." It's like, "Well, ma, I, I you know, I think it made me stronger, after all." And then she says, "Well, then I'm glad it happened." <laughs> <laughs> Which was not quite the right way to end yeah. that conversation, I don't think. You're, you're anyway lad. <laughs> um, well, so costume design, um, and the movie that had to win it won it. Yeah, it's a movie about movie that. Fashion, was, for the movie that was all about costume design and mm-hmm. had a uh, uh, brilliantly beautiful uh, dresses and outfits. It thread. did
1: look. If just judging by the clips alone, it did look. Like the clear winner.
0: Yeah, it was great.
1: I, I've I not seen Phantom Thread yet.
0: Moving on. Oh, you should see Phantom Thread. There I there were two masterpieces last year that I saw, Get Out and The Phantom Thread. Um, I definitely recommend it. Okay, uh, best documentary feature. Um, A very nervous-looking Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Um, and then Laura Dern, um, who I'll admit I've never found her attractive. I thought she was uh, gorgeous. I thought mm-hmm. it was by far the um, best looking I'd ever seen, Laura Dern. You know what's lovely is just when Hollywood people are aging gracefully. It's just a lovely thing. It always <laughs> makes me – it always make it's it's a huge it's a big turn on I'll tell you yeah well, I
1: mean between everybody we saw that my right? I mean even 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 Marie saint then you got Rita Moreno and yeah Jane Fonda and Helen Mirren and and uh, you know it's just it's
0: it's for me the exemplar of that is always Jamie Lee Curtis like yes. I I always thought nobody aged more gracefully than uh, Jamie Lee Curtis
1: I always thought Leah Thompson is better looking in her uh, later years than in her youth. I think she's, she's just far more attractive now than she was. In Back I'm to trying the to remember future. who Leah Thompson is. The mom in Back to the Future.
0: Oh. Well, she was pretty hot in that makeup in Back to the Future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but her non makeup her makeup list self now, <laughs> better. <clears throat> Um, okay,
0: I didn't see any of these. I didn't see any of the documentaries. I didn't see any of the shorts. I, I didn't get. I couldn't see any of the shorts or any of the documentaries. Okay. So, the Russian Dopus I was. I figured the Aleppo one would win, but yeah, it, um, yeah. whatever. I thought Icarus
1: I would win because it was the only one I'd heard of. Okay. <laughs> <Outside> well that's <laughs> a good reason.
0: Um, I guess um, that's. I guess uh, ditto for me and Aleppo. Uh, and the guy who won. Uh, one of them had these really awesome purple shoes. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a fan of those shoes. Okay, moving on. Uh, Taraji P. Nelson. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: Supernova level sexuality. Introducing Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I've enjoyed Mary J. Blige's music for uh, uh, over a decade. Um, she's a fantastic singer. Um, I like the song. The how come? What was up? Was it was it, was it the sound system? Was it the they didn't get. Sound checks. Nobody sounded confident as a singer tonight, hmm. except for uh, what's her name with uh, singing with Common. Like everybody sounded hmm. hesitant, and uh, and like Gasly. wasn't really hitting the strong notes <laughs> and like acting like they couldn't hear themselves. Yeah, maybe to me, that's what it felt like. Maybe. Anyway, and yeah, Mary J. Blige like one of her notes that she held it like at the end of the line like the, the first or second one she kind of farted it out and then it was like she didn't she wasn't sure of her of uh, where she was anyway well it's lost uh, i guess maybe yeah. it's just nerves but you know she's i mean she's Blige. she's a big, Yeah, that's true. I
1: don't know. I have I, a hard I, time believing it's nerves. I've heard her. the song a couple of times Mighty River but I, I have it hasn't hooked me so I'll I mean, it's an to... okay
0: song, and then I always feel like uh, songs that only appear in the credits and the closing credits mm-hmm. don't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like you. they don't. I, guess I feel like they should be disqualified because mm-hmm. you're not really just not like best song that happened to be connected to a movie somehow. <laughs> best song while you're walking out. It should be like best song that served a cinematic purpose. Right and i guess you could argue that the closing credits theme but i never like really i i i don't know no that, that i think if there's not if it's not set to some kind of montage or mise en scene yeah, yeah uh, i don't i don't credit it as a as being in the same category
1: yeah you got um Curtis hansen had the um dubious honor i guess to have uh two of his movies at least two that i know of when us uh, Oscars for Best Song, mainly because they summed up the movie better than his movies did. <laughs>
0: plot rock, which, which was the, uh, um, uh, the uh, Eight Mile kind of
1: podcast, they would call those plot rock. Plot rock, yeah. Which was Eminem's Eight Mile and Bob Dylan's Things Will Change. Uh, Things have changed. I think both those songs are amazing, and both those songs basically give the theme of the movie uh, and the source material the Perfectly, and um better than the, the experience of watching the movie.
0: Oh, you're not an Eight Mile fan?
1: I mean, I liked Eight Mile, but I like the, the closing better. rap battle. Uh, oh yeah, that's great. Pretty well. Yeah, true. Eminem's
0: <laughs> <laughs> rap battle recaps the plot because he he litany of all of his struggles to take away his opponent's ammunition. It's um, yeah, it's the whole it's the whole. Oh, point that of rap it. battle's
1: awesome. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Touche. <clears throat> okay. You've touched um, me.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, and then we get to see the amazing new technology of slow motion photography
1: <laughs> from a phone. Yeah.
0: So that we can hitting. see what it looks like when you wave your hand. <laughs> that or cracked me up. They're like Check extend out your thing. arms for a hug.
1: In super slow mo, the most un, unimpressive things in slow mo.
0: It's like that's all we yeah. got. Nope, nobody. Yeah. Even... It was less impressive than a well-shot still photograph.
1: <laughs> exactly, because you're like, what? What's gonna happen?
0: Or even just what? a competently shot. Uh...
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh,
0: that scene, and then we get to a um, just a montage of movie moments. The remember-how-much-you-like-movies uh, <laughs> part of the program. Which is usually and the just,
1: most tedious for me.
0: And it always but, comes after the uh, jokes about, okay, the show's always too long, so we need yeah. to think of ways to make it go faster. <laughs> Here's a bunch of clips of movies for five minutes.
1: Right. I've always been... like, For some reason, people always complain about the speeches, and I'm like, that's why I'm watching this stupid thing. Yeah. I'm watching right. it to hear the people... Show their appreciation for one being awarded and two what their experience was like and 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 what, what's on their minds, and so. Otherwise, what, you
0: just read the paper the next yeah, day to find out. Who I'll one. just find yeah.
1: out who won, and that's great. So um, when they said they weren't going to do any playoffs this time, they weren't going to have the music play them off. I was like, whoa, oh good. Except so, they did. Too. Except they did. They, too. did. <laughs> <laughs> and they could not do it. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was that was really frustrating. It's like, no, no, we said we wouldn't do it to people that mattered. <laughs> so we'll
0: Um let's see. Oh, we'll and then to... we get our 90th joke
1: about how Christopher Plummer is old. <laughs> Although I uh, yeah, but I I I did like the idea. That it was a it was a clever joke to go back to the the first thing the first ceremony.
0: I mean, that was okay.
1: That was, that was good funny, one, but, but yeah, all the other ones were. They kept hitting well, they
0: could. I would have just, just picked that one. Maybe they felt like they had to set it up. Yeah, they I had to joke about something other than you replace the sexual harasser. I think the the writer's room was like, uh, we can't make fun of uh, Asians, we can't make fun of <laughs> women's boobs, old people, old people, old people. They won't be mad like, for long, the French. but they didn't get around to a joke <laughs> about the French. Um, Russians! Russians! They should have done more Russian jokes. Okay, sound editing. I only have one uh, real comment on this category. Okay, go ahead. I don't think Star Wars movies should get to be nominated for sound (laughs) editing. Why is that? Because they have the greatest sound library of all time
1: (laughs) to pull from. That's true. That's true. It's basically saying, okay, uh, all I have... Uh, in uh, my toolbox are the uh, best orgasms anyone will ever have. Oscar,
0: please! It's like John Williams when getting nominated for score. Like, well, yeah. 50% of a score that he had to come up with for this one. <laughs> and then 50% of one of the most loved scores of all time that I wrote 40 years ago.
1: Right, exactly. Okay, yeah. so- Kirk 1, I
0: I didn't care. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I, w- I would have preferred Blade Runner. I thought the yeah. sounds were more impressive in that movie. But that's the one I saw in the big theater with the big sound system, and I watched Dunkirk at home. So
1: Yeah, exactly. To... Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to my feelings on Dunkirk in a bit. But sound mixing, same thing. Well, oh, no, wait. oh, wait. Oh, no, no, sorry. I moved on to – sorry. Go ahead. No,
0: no, sound mixing. Um, well, they were next. Like, same thing. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I – by same thing
1: i meant same thing dunkirk won, you, but maybe no <laughs> i not also. the same thing but that's why that's it, i just said it's not sound mixing thing same thing went to dunkirk that's what i meant
0: but my feelings are not at all the same in this category i have strong okay. feelings about sound mixing okay
1: hit me with them i'm really
0: mad that dunkirk won because i had to go back if i have to go back and watch scenes two or three times to understand what people are saying yeah and i still don't know your sound mixing sucks. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, no,
0: that's true. Um, so there's a lot of these movies that, you know, Blade Runner. Well, you know,
1: Branagh's never been known for elocution. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> right. what, it's, it's um,
1: Garbage in, garbage out is what I'm saying. Uh, Blade Runner,
0: <laughs> uh, the new Star Wars, all three of those, there were like parts of the dialogue I missed because Mm -hmm. it was competing too much with some other sound uh, in the mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas Baby Driver Driver. is a movie that's driven by the soundtrack, by the music track, is sound effects heavy with all of the card chases, and yet I didn't feel like I ever missed anything anyone was saying in that movie. I I thought the interplay of the sound was so integral to the enjoyment of that movie and I thought just technically it was um, uh, balanced with the dialogue and everything else. You're right. Uh, so for you know whatever problems I had with that that movie, the the sound design and the editing, we'll get to that. Um, I thought were the real strengths of of the movie. So I yeah. I was really bummed that uh, the a that Dunkirk won because I thought it was bad sound mixing, <laughs> and then that Baby Driver didn't win because
1: I thought it was uh, exemplary yeah no i I agree 100 percent
0: next category the governor's awards oh the scientific and technical awards which um Patrick Stewart was like the hottest
1: chick they could find like usually <laughs> there's I bet all those technical award people are like, well what's this they usually said it's the hottest chick and then like, we get Patrick Stewart. I mean yeah, he's funny and all, but whatever that was my um uh, that was my
0: that was my take on Logan. Patrick Stewart was oddly miscast as Charles Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> cause um and this made my uh <laughs> my wife got a kick out of this. But I was like, I just can't buy him as like this um impotent old man <laughs> just cause he is just like so naturally virile. It's like casting
1: you know? it's like casting the yellow sun as someone who is petering out and losing control and impotent it's like no it's a burning
0: star right he just he can't look weak to me he just can't pull it off (laughs) patrick stewart you failed (laughs) failed as an
1: actor uh but yeah it's like i I i love how every year they say we love you guys it's you know you guys are so important what we do but obviously not important enough to be here tonight so Moving on.
0: <laughs> um, let's see, let me get uh, Lupito. I'm saying that wrong, I think. And Kumail, I might be oh. saying that wrong too. Oh
1: yeah, Oh, With Kumail, their uh, dreamers. Arjani.
0: With the dreamer speech. Yeah. And uh, introducing production design. Mm-hmm. It's another um, category I had didn't have strong feelings about. All right. So well, I liked Blade Runners. I thought, I thought um, Beauty and the Beast looked nice in the clips. <laughs> but shape yeah. of water didn't look impressive to me, but I didn't see the movie. So whatever
1: shrug, that's a shrug for me. I did. I did. Uh, I mean, shape of water has, has great pr- production design, but it's, uh, it's, it's uh production design. You are very aware of the okay. entire movie. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's what you're supp- what you're looking at really. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's not a seamless integration to the story. It's, it's taking the reins a lot of the time. Which is fine, I guess. I, I in theory I prefer it the other way, but uh in practice I, I usually can enjoy that. Uh I was anticipating something of a repeat of the Pants Labyrinth year, in that all the technical awards would go to Shape of Water and everyone talk about how Gamo Toro was a genius, which he is, and then when it comes to best director, he gets passed up <laughs> and uh the winning winning director uh while trying to get out of his seat sits on Guillermo's head.
0: <laughs> I missed that.
1: Yeah, Guillermo del Toro got a butt sitting on his head of the winning director that year. But so I expected a sweep of shape of water taking all the technical awards and it kind of did, but Dunkirk got more than its fair share, I think. But yeah, I probably would have gone for Blade Runner over anything else. Now, I think yeah. I think it was it, after that they did a um a film segment about how the times are changing and this is the, the me too movement the you know everything was changing and and i think uh, personally i think the quote of the year of the ceremony excuse me the quote of the night goes and i i know i'm going to regret saying this cuz i'm sure there was a much better one but uh, that i'm but the one that landed with me was kumail nanjani in that film segment saying i grew up loving movies where it was a straight white dude. Yeah. And I related to that. Now we're gonna see movies with people who look like me and white dudes can are gonna to relate to me. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. That was the that was the statement of the ceremony to me of the night. Yeah. And I was I I hooted and hollered and slapped my leg and clapped and probably woke my son up and he'll be hell to pay. <laughs> but I was that was that was that was the moment of the night for me just that statement. it was a which, good one which if you haven't yeah. seen the big sick you really should
0: no I want to okay remember me um the performance of remember me another one where it was like uh, why are we watching the audition <laughs> this couldn't this is Hollywood, I mean, going back to <laughs> La La Land, like, mm-hmm. the city's full of people who can sing this song. <laughs> Why <Well, I> didn't <laughs> they get one of them? But the rest was okay. <laughs> I, that song doesn't do a lot for me. No. I, it, I, it served the movie well, but I'm not, like, a fan of the song. I didn't, it didn't catch me. No.
1: Yeah, Remember me didn't really stick with me as a song. Yeah. Uh, after that. We All right,
0: we get the second part of the prices right gag at <laughs> the lake Havasu. Havasu. that may be wild. yeah, Havasu, I don't know oh, what was that? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. uh Rita Moreno coming in yeah, uh, yeah, way to strike a pose, way to strike a pose, Rita Moreno, oh yeah, I like that, and she introduces foreign language film. Haven't seen any of these, had no
1: opinions <laughs> to render yeah. no um, they looked interesting. what little we got. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I had nothing to render for that.
0: The Chilean film won a Fantastic Woman, so yeah. congratulations to them.
1: Best supporting actress. Oh Not yeah, best me. Supporting actress. Okay. Now I will say. You I, called this one. Yeah, um, I okay. It went to Alison Janney for I Tonya. I didn't see I, it. I, it's. Fantastic. In fact, I think I would have taken, if what you say is accurate about uh darkest hour for me, I think I would have rather taken darkest hour out and put I, Tanya in for best mm. picture. Alice is amazing. Although at first I thought maybe it was, it was more bravado than insightful of a performance at, at first uh, I've since rescinded that opinion. And um, I was kind of leaning toward Laurie Metcalf for my preference. Yeah, um, because I I thought both of I. This was one of those ones where I was like, it should be a tie between those two. I I, I love Octavia Spencer. I don't know what what this nomination is there for. That that really? that I, I, the part isn't written. I I firmly believe Brian Cranston. Brian, Brian Cranston said once on the Kevin Palachak show that award-winning roles are written, they're not performed. And I I really believe that Mm -hmm. because you could have the best actor in the world. And if they just, the waiter saying right this way (laughs) and they do it better, you know, it's not a, they're written. And I, I, I didn't see anything in that role other than a few moments of under duress that I don't know. She, she could have really been taken out of the story, and it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think. Um, okay. So I would have put put uh, Holly Hunter from The Big Sick in there. Um, because that's that's a big omission, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. but the clip the clip of the night the best Oscar clip of anyone Because the clips have been kind of weak, but I still enjoy watching them. But the best clip went to the one movie I didn't see, which was *Phantom Thread*,
0: and that was the Oscar clip. That like clip watching was the movie. I'm
1: like so freaking good, and it, does it, it's
0: so much better in the context mm. of of the performance in the arc of the film. Mm. Like I really thought, oh no, because I've seen the clip. I was really looking forward to it because I was completely mesmerized by Leslie Manville and the and the Phantom Thread. I thought it was a it was a part that demanded like every flicker of the eyelash to mm. be completely under control right because right. that's what that's what she is exuding and she 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 pulls it off like there's such like strength like mm. quiet reserved strength radiating from this character through the whole thing um but that's like the first time she like within the context of the world mm. of the film that's the first time she throws a haymaker right that's mm. the first time she she lets rip the strength you know she never has to speak that way she just looks at you and you know she's capable right. of that right right and so that's like the first time that's like the first time she like starts to lose control almost and is still completely controlled right yeah um but that that that's a uh that's like the a a big moment for her in the in the movie but just like her just staring at someone for like a minute straight right is like <laughs> kind of what her performance is about and then saying three words um but it's what she conveys just through like the severity of her pose and and her look i mm. i was completely entranced by um by Leslie Manville's performance, and I walked out. I'm like, she has to win best best. I mean, she's going to get nominated for this performance. There was no way she couldn't. And they're like, man, she's got to win, right? Is this like a, such a great performance? But then I saw Lady Bird, and I'm like, oh man, Laurie Metcalf has to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I love Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, me too. And um, and it really made me think because I kept, um, in my mind, I kept measuring. Laurie Metcalf's performance in Lady Bird against Frances McDormand's in um in three billboards and then just kind of like comparing their their careers and what types of roles they've gotten. And the thing about L- Laurie Metcalf is that even when the role seems like it would invite her to be cartoony, she's never cartoony. She like such she brings such a mm. a sense of like gravitas to her Character that is she's always believable mm. to me. Yeah. Um, even when she was on a cartoon, uh, God the Devil and Bob, that notable <laughs> animated sitcom, um, uh, she wasn't cartoony at all. Uh, in in, in that show,
1: um, well, the Norm word. Show, for example, she she yeah. she she was very cartoony, and I believed her every second of the right. She just always show.
0: seems, She's always seems real. Yeah. She's um, incredible.
1: And, and, um and it was really hard for me to choose for my own, what I would choose. I'd be like, it was hard. Now, this is no slight to Alice and Janney, but I feel when you do see I, Tonya, you probably are going to be disappointed that she won based on what you just <laughs> said. Okay. Because, but it's one of those perform like, like. The thing that I'm assuming Phantom Thread had and that Lady Bird had is that those characters have a moment where they reveal themselves, right? And she doesn't get that. Al- or rather, uh, Allison Janney's character, she is full on rancorous monster, but whenever they have reaction shots of her where she's not taking someone down, she's not letting you in. And mm-hmm. those moments could be considered flat, but she is so not letting anyone in. And it's impressive, because whenever they do a moment of a reaction shot of her where she's not being watched or she's not being engaged in with anyone and she's taking in information, nothing you are getting nothing from her mm-hmm. and it's it's a v- incredible kind of choice really um and so i think it took a while for me to uh i was like wow she's great but it's you know the other stuff the more nuanced and then the more i thought about it and watching it um it's it, it's it's a very it's it's much more nuanced than it appears to be. And so I, I, I really appreciate that um, uh, the work that went into that. It's really good. Also, um, Alice and Janney, worst outfit of the night. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> that dress didn't, didn't work. work. I like the really long sleeves, but everything else mm. about it um, did not flatter her at
1: all. Now, Mary J. Blige. I mean, I believed her every moment in Mudbound. And I think her character was the only one I don't really recall having any sort of, like, the story. I think, am I wrong? Did the story leave her out at the end? Yeah, she, um, yeah.
0: She seems like she's going to become a bigger part of the story, and And then she really becomes an accessory to it. Right. Um, she, there's the, there's the section where she is hired on as, as, Yeah. um. Uh, help when the child is sick, and that's her best stretch of the movie yeah. is, is a performance. That's where she gets the most meat <laughs> right. in her role. But then after that, yeah, you're right. She like
1: fades away. So I, I, I guess I hate that I'm saying that the two black people nominated. I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see why they're nominated. I hate saying that, but yeah, I'm like when I'm not, I'm not. I'm confused by those by those nominations. But I don't I never disbelieved her in that. I never, you know, thought it never called out uh, as something that was not real or authentic to the moment. Nothing ever bothered me about it. I just, that, that confused me a bit, but I was happy for that. It was fine. Um, yeah,
0: I thought she was good, but not, there was no fireworks. Right. Now, part of that,
1: anything. I think one of the biggest, I think one of the, uh, the the person who should have won Best Actress a few years back but was not nominated nor ever considered was Maya Rudolph for away we go. Ah, I mean, that's just a totally overlooked. That is masterpiece. I think, I think that that
0: movie was just amazing.
1: Yeah. I've, uh, I've never not cried watching it. I watched it a few times. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite movies and like, it was one of my favorite performances and, um, her role, her performance is not flashy. It's not. It doesn't seek to tell you what's going on inside her mind, but it's going on, and uh, and I think it's yeah, I think it's one of those performances that that, that is is criminally overlooked, and uh, and I kept wondering if if well, what am I not seeing in in Mary J. Blige's performance that I saw in Maya Rudolph's. And I, I could, still couldn't find it. So <laughs> It is kind of weird really that you good. have to find a black actress to compare her to. <laughs> that sounded bad. That sounds It's bad.
0: a very different movie and very different role. Yeah, and a lead,
1: much more screen time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so why does why do you why do you well, think your mind goes to Away We Go and Maya
1: Rudolph? Well, because Alice and Janie's performance is. Who's also in A Way We Go and amazing in A Way We Go? Oh but yeah, who is she in that? Wait. She plays. Uh, she's the, the. She's Jim Gaffigan's. Uh... She and Jim Gaffigan's husband. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In Arizona, where they're like, I've almost let left him. You know, many times kids don't know that, and the kids are like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she yeah, she is. She's amazing in that. She's she's simultaneously. Uh, 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 uh someone who's desperately drowning and in pain but also a, be, almost a monster because of it um it's uh it's yeah the, she's she's amazing in that and then jim gaffigan's really great in that role too yeah uh and so everything's great about that movie but my mind let's we'll do an that... episode on the way we go because a
0: lot of people don't know it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i know the we totally way should. we go we'll do away we go soon so yeah. uh, but i thought about that movie because Alison because Janney's performance in I, Tanya can be seen as very, very flashy, very bravado, very in-your-face. And Blige's performance is admirably not that. And I would have thought, I would have felt, I'd be more siding with, with the, the more understated performance. Um, but I didn't have it there for that being because of the role the, where the role fits into yeah. the story but with Allison Janney's performance I, I'm just mesmerized by the fact that when she's not yelling at you and she's not being observed um, she's, she, she's not giving anybody anything and I thought yeah. that was I thought it's, it's, it's something we didn't see much in, in monstrous performances
0: so what was great about uh, Mary G. Blige and Mudbound thinking about it more? I mean, so in, in her main conflict where she has to go work for the, you know, she's she, she's in a family of sharecroppers,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, um, the owners of the property, uh, like summon her away from her own family that she has to take mm-hmm. care of with how many, like six kids, eight kids? She's got a lot of kids
1: and she needs all those,
0: she needs all of those kids to work the land or else they can't make the ridiculous Mm -hmm. demands of the sharecropping arrangement. Um, And uh, she gets summoned to care for the stay at home. uh, wife's um, take care of uh, her daughter because they can't get to the the doctor in town. You know, like they have the luxury that they can afford a doctor, but the bridge is washed out. And so rather than take care of her own family now she has to go take care of these people's family. Right, right. Like she doesn't have to do enough for them already. And um and through uh, really a great voiceover by Mary J Blige she explains True. how m- her mother was never there to take care of her because she had to go take care of she had, she had to raise make money by taking care of white families children and she kissed their children goodnight but she never Mary J. Blige never got kissed. Good night. Right. So she's dealing with that um, internally. And then like with the conflicted feelings towards like this family and all that's internalized. And then she but she has to present um, something that won't get her lynched. <laughs> right. Um, or at least like, uh, you know, reprimanded or something or bring some repercussions on her and her family if she acts in any way disrespectful or unappreciative or or something. Right. So I mean I thought like um I I thought I thought she did a good job of yeah. sort of portraying that internal conflict and then the external mask that she has to put over it. So I mean I I thought I thought it was a good performance. But like you say, it was just kind of it wasn't like a featured role in the in the movie. It, it, and so it's hard to weigh it against it's something the, like a Laurie Metcalf where she's right. in like 50% of the
1: movie you know it's one of those it's it's the rare it's the one of the only flaws i think with the mudbound script in that yeah i keep expecting her her part to become a bigger part in the resolution and it just kind yeah. of goes away so i'm like well what happened to her cuz i cared about her a lot and i was like well what's what's going on
0: right. um yeah, right. Compare that with a supporting role that's still part of like the central conflict right. of the right uh, uh, of the movie, and it's 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 hard. It's it's weird to have to weigh one against the other.
1: Yeah, and and um, uh, I I read a description of Mudbound on IMDb that described the plot of the movie as two men come back from a world war and try to and have to adjust to their expectations of racism in the south. And I went, really? That's what you're calling that movie? Well, yeah, that was a that was a big part of it, but I didn't even really that's, think they were the central focus of the story. Those two guys.
0: Well, that's what's weird about the structure of it. Yeah. They're the They're the focus of the second half of the movie, right. but you have to watch the first half before you get there.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a lovely screenplay. I love it dearly, and I love the fact that it was it it really did feel like an interconnected community of people, rather than about one person's story and it didn't mm-hmm. seem to fault from it, but it, it, it didn't seem to uh, uh, suffer because it didn't have a centralized hero. But, um, but then again, Blige's character seems to be a little left out in the, in the end. So, you know, maybe, um, uh, maybe he deserves some reexamination, but I'm certainly going to watch it again because it was beautiful. I keep thinking of Hap's, um, Good old Turk from Daredevil and a lot of Netflix shows I've noticed. He was uh, really good. He was great. Yeah. And I, 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 I really, I watched his, uh, his voiceover several times of the, uh, what good is a deed? He says at the beginning. Right. Of the movie, yeah. Um, there was a lot of
0: great, I'm not usually not a fan of voiceover heavy movies. I thought the voiceover work was written yeah. really well and performed very well. Exactly. Um, there was no Harrison Ford uh sandbagging <laughs> um in this one.
1: Yeah. This is very good. Um next up Then we get the worst joke of the night. Which one? The BB eight. Oh.
0: Robot Discrimination. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> then they
0: introduce um, best animated short.
1: Oh um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, an, an, another weird year, Vector um kobe bryant Kobe bryant what I was s- his role on this i didn't know I, I didn't, was coming at all yeah I, I i was thrown and i went well the, i guess there has to be another kobe bryant he said the guy turned to him and said you wrote a beautiful movie oh he wrote it i okay. guess but i was just like and carrie's like i still see him as a possible sex criminal so did that ever get resolved they give Oscars to those two. Yeah, I know. There was st- the the in memoriam was the, probably the more uncomfortable ones I've seen lately. Um, but yeah, I was like Kobe Bryant Oscar winner. This I'm huh? really weirded out right now. But okay, there's one move he didn't steal from Michael Jordan. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a joke. I' gonna pretend I get. Okay. Um.
0: Uh, best animated feature. I only saw one of these, and that was Coco.
1: Yeah, pretty much assumed that would take it. I'm interested in seeing Loving Vincent, though, because it's, it's apparently, if I have this right, it's an oil-painted animated film. Like, every frame is an oil painting. Ah. So I would, And that seems crazy. It looks like um, Vincent Van Gogh, which I
0: might be in a minority opinion, but I think his paintings look nice. Uh, Coco, uh, when you're done with Coco, we should talk about it. I thought it had second act problems. Good, because I'm moving into it. (laughs) I'm moving into the second act now. Good. Okay, third song performed, uh, Mystery of Love, which every time Mm -hmm. I saw the title, it was like, oh, the Julie Cruz song from (laughs) Twin Peaks. And uh, no, it was Sufjan Stevens with an uncredited St. Vincent. They never, like, mentioned this. I didn't even Saint Vincent was up there in her new uh supermodel phase. Oh, that's
1: the that was the woman in the the shorts the, and hose and
0: yeah, hmm. then the like 12 inch heels um <laughs> playing guitar and and, and singing and uh, I don't know, there wasn't even a, like a light on her face. Um, instead we had to listen to I, now I I'm a Suffian student, Stevens fan, although I didn't even know what he looked like. Um, I've never seen a picture of him, but I have uh, multiple of his albums.
1: And I credit um, you for getting me into him as well, so thank you.
0: But the the dude can't really sing that well. <laughs> and, but he's singing about like Sufjan Stevens tonight. Sufjan, I don't know Sufjan. if I'm saying this right. Whatever. Big fan. We just I don't just, know what he
1: looks like or how to say his name.
0: He's a great songwriter.
1: He's a wonderful songwriter.
0: Uh, and I like his like arrangements and stuff.
1: And the songs work in the movie very well. They set a really nice tone and i and and when the when it came up, I was like, "Oh, this might be my I think this is my favorite one. I remember liking this one, um but I would, never really got to hear it. It wasn't like just it was kind of just passing through in a driving scene or whatever. And so I was like, "Oh, I really get to hear it. Oh, I really like this." And Carrie comes down and sits down and so up for five seconds and she goes. You know what? I just realized this makes me want to do. It makes me want to tear my eyes out. <laughs> and I go. I was just thinking this was my my favorite one. <laughs> oh. she does know that she'll still hear the song <laughs> yeah, if she it's tears like her eyes. Out, and then right? I think she was more talking about his 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 jacket. I think. God, oh, I liked maybe. his jacket. I did too. She, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I I decided not to uh, pursue the. And then you'll be cursed with the ability to still hear it. <laughs> In fact, it'll be amplified. You'll have super hearing. You'll have super hearing now. But yeah, no, <laughs> I enjoyed that. And then what came next? Uh, special effects. Visual effects went to Blade Runner. Was, uh, yeah, Blade Runner. Yay. I was happy with that. I, I thought that
0: clearly should have won. Clearly, yeah. Um, Hands down. Had some pretty great effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't believe us, you could either watch the movie or you could listen to, uh, episode (laughs) seven. Mm, I think so. I think seven. You watched it wrong. Okay. Um, handsome drowned rat, Matthew McConaughey.
1: Um, (laughs) I see a lot of lawbreakers out there.
0: Introducing,
1: um, best editing. Clearly not interested in what he was talking about. (laughs) He yeah. was all lit up, and then when he turned to the pump, he went, "Oh God!" And by "lit up," you mean yeah. the state of his yeah, mind. Exactly. Um, Editing. Okay, I do have some thoughts on this. What? Okay. Uh,
0: no, um, well, you'll find no, out. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, I wanted Baby Driver to win mm-hmm. uh, for reasons already stated.
1: What? No, oh, I forget. What? What did win? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Oh yeah. Well, okay, so, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm a little torn. I, I, fi- I figured that Dunkirk, uh, Baby Driver was probably one of the obvious choices, F- definitely a flashy choice, um, but honestly, I think I was rooting for Itanya on that one. Now, Itanya, t- the thing, that, the only thing I didn't like about Itanya's. Uh, editing and and, and soundtrack is that it's it's got wall-to-wall pop music soundtrack going over things which I was disappointed to discover Um, however I also think that it was not an unwise choice because there's so much domestic violence in this movie Um, and so I know I took a little criticism of having like domestic violence sometimes be a punchline or be be Kind of treated a little more, kind of filmically montagey, rather than the severity of what it is. But I don't think we could have handled it. I don't think anyone could have got the point of the rest of the movie if 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 it had dwelled. So I think the pop music did help do that in a way, uh, while also contrasting it at the same time. Um, Itani's edited incredibly well. The more I think about it, the more uh, I mean, it's it's kind of doing the same thing the Big Short did. I can't remember if it was that one editing or not but should have where it, again like Alice Jane's performances looks flashy but really is really carefully thought out and doing things behind the scenes that you're not you're looking at the flash and not thinking about what it's doing to you so um, and it's very clear it's a very clear movie and I think I Tanya, probably should have taken it
0: mm. well it didn't Dunkirk did hmm I thought I was I I don't know I never know if the voters are considering like the non-linearity of the story to be part if they're crediting that to the editor when mm. they're making the vote um like the fact that the way this the script was written
1: <laughs> yeah
0: to um uh we're going to you know show 1 hour of um, of flight time in parallel with a day-long boat voyage, <laughs> uh, so that so that events are uh, we're seeing the same event from two different point of views out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, do do the voters think the editor did that, and so they give the editor credit? I don't. I never understand what what's going through their right. minds. Well, um, there's that
1: specu- uh, The speculation we're speculating on on the proficiencies or deficiencies of other people.
0: I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, because that seems like, well, editing is what it achieves that, but it's not what I mean, sometimes this stuff is prescribed found,
1: it. Sometimes you know? major things like that are found in the editing room, but I mean, it's a, a, a team effort between the creative heads of the movie, right? Yeah. And so it is it is really weird getting into an editing room and, and deciding who's doing what. Um, who's... who's because the editor has an enormous influence over the movie, but sometimes the director won't let anyone else, you know, like, you know, we're doing this. Or it's a collaborative thing. So I don't, you know, um, it's hard to say. But yeah, I, I do find sometimes writing and editing, which you're writing it in the editing room, but they're often confused, uh, the strengths of which are confused. I, I tend to think what, given the nature of what their story is, how clear and easy is everything to to follow? That's kind of what I look at, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why I think I Tanya should really um, probably have taken that because Dun- Dunkirk is 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 what what it looks like. It's achieving or set set to achieve is not. It's hard, but it's not as hard. It's it's basically here. We're there's this peril. There's a reason why you should be tense. This is why. Here's the tension and release, tension and release, or the building tensions. And yeah. um, and I think... And this is why I don't think... He, I was afraid he was going to win Best Director, and I didn't want that. Because while it's a more of a type of thing they would give a Best Director award to because it's such an experience, um, I think that the movie is muddled on what it's actually about. I mean, I think a movie fumbles on what the movie is actually about, which is everyone, an entire populace coming, civilians coming to get people off the, making several trips across to get, how many was it? 30,000, 300,000, 300,000. So, but never do you get the sense of 300,000 people being moved across that channel. You just hear Kenneth Branagh going, yep, we saved 300,000 people today. It's like, no, yeah, I was, I was so into the moment-to-moment terror of which the people I was looking at, but I never got Mm -hmm. the sense of everybody coming in and taking over, and so I uh, and and take taking the the effort to save all these people and come back, and so until the
0: end when suddenly there are.
1: Fifty boats all clustered together. Yeah, but where... only fifty boats. So I saw like seventeen but, boats, and it was like, oh, this isn't gonna.
0: It just seemed. It's. Yeah. I mean, it, it. kind of made me laugh to yeah. that. Suddenly, they all get there at the same time, even though they didn't leave at the same time, and we haven't seen them
1: <laughs> like, all together at any yeah, point at in any our point. journey. Yeah, um, it was really. It ridiculous. was just like so it like... was.
0: simple us let's, let's let's oversimplify this one moment just to give you the big. Like it's a right. like it's a race, you know. Like, yeah, I will take
1: I, I will take the unre- I, thought, I will I will take the unrealistic rea- uh, unrealities of three billboards over the things like that in Dunkirk any day. And so yeah. Dunkirk, weirdly had I had the same kind of experience with um, Interstellar, which was I'm watching it, I'm really into it, I really like it when I'm watching it, and then afterwards all I can think about is how high I'm fisted it is. It's all I can think about. Not not so much with Dunkirk, but things were just like, oh well. I just saw a collection of tense moments. I didn't get. I didn't get like a, a point. Yeah. And I think that's one of the. That's why you could sit there and say the technical things are great, but the director kind of. Mm. I
0: mean, the point for of Dunkirk for me was it was just about survival, right? And like a primal level, and then, um. Sacrificing your own, potentially sacrificing your own survival to, in in the act of rescue, mm. and it was, it was just about that. On like a really, it was like a really primal kind of theme. Um, yeah, I guess that's... in that sense. And so that's what that moment is: is the boat showing up? Oh, look at all the people who came for us, and they made it, and uh, now it's they're gonna be completely safe going back across the channel because <laughs> right. you know we're not gonna spend another hour and a half yeah, they, showing
1: that. They didn't make the end of their journey when they got there. In fact, the loading of the boat, they could have very well been killed at that point. They were still not yet not dead, <laughs>
0: right, right? 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 You know, and this like the whole, um, like the whole thing could be convinced into Tom Hardy's decision to keep chasing down, yeah, uh, enemy fighters, even though he knows he's running out of fuel and won't be able to return. But he he sees what's at stake, and he just can't. Yeah. He can't turn back, and how could he live with himself if he only thought about saving himself in this moment? Right. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, that 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 was that was like the whole movie distilled down into Tom Hardy's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tom Hardy's pretty amazing at acting with his most of his face covered. Yeah, by leather. <laughs> he, he really has.
1: He's, he really uh, has dominated that market. He's, he's found his niche. <laughs> cover that shit up, and you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's uh, the next yeah, role going to be? Got to cover
0: his weirdly feminine mouth. <laughs> And this otherwise hyper masculine uh man <laughs> uh, okay, uh, oh, then we have the 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 long bit on thanking the movie going public uh a bit of mm. a uh reprise of last year's let's bring the tourists into the right um auditorium, the... I thought this one went one hundred percent better, yeah. yeah um, and was more entertaining um and didn't. Feel like it dragged, even though it went longer than it, it should have still. It took but two, it was fun. It
1: took a commercial break, but yeah, it was fun. But I thought it was mostly, I thought it, what
0: it came down to was thanking people for watching movies instead of watching TV, even yeah. the TV about movies.
1: Right. Thank you. For, um, thank you for giving us your money, basically. And and yeah. there's a hot dog cannon, which was <laughs> didn't know existed
0: okay tiffany hadish and maya rudolph mm-hmm. um maya rudolph uh wearing a design by i didn't catch it was it by hefty
1: or glad <laughs> kirkland i think yeah yeah i i i was tra- i i love her so much i i i didn't think of any thoughts about her dress on that one <laughs> i i did i, I just thought, went i just went i okay. thought she was
0: ill-served They'll she deserves better. She, yes. deserves better. she deserves better, ways.
1: No, she does. You're right.
0: Even if she doesn't think so. I, and as, fun, uh. as
1: funny as all that was, I, it's funny that they were really raucousing it up when everything they were introducing was the mm-hmm. ex- exact opposite in tone of what of their presentation style. I mean, normally I can see why that's a good thing because you don't want to drag it down too much. But it was almost... Uh, kind of offensive, (laughs) not offensive, but it was definitely like inappropriate to be like, (laughs) I don't know. Oh, and uh, Carrie, I don't know if I should comment much, but Carrie was uh, uh, really thrown by um, the woman who came up, the husband and wife team that came up to uh, accept the award for best narrative live action short film. She was like, and (laughs) because. and what she's what and he he's her husband oh she could do so much better he's not even trying but like she we would i was keeping my mouth shut well, that's just being
0: that's just being shallow <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh that's oh that's right she got up to the mic she got up to the mic and she started speaking we didn't know they were married yet she just went wait she looks like that and she's british too yeah <laughs>
0: She wasn't what you expected from a, uh, a beside, behind the camera uh, yeah. talent on a short subject.
1: And I'm, I hate that that's what we're talking about, but it, it was there. Hey, beauty
0: can beauty? be celebrated. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It just doesn't need to be disproportionately rewarded, right? Lovely, nice, nicely said.
1: Okay, and then uh, so, and then Mr. Man bun looked like he wanted to be anywhere else. Um, we're in a different category, aren't we? Yes, we're moving this on is a, We're on Heaven is a
0: Traffic Jam on Oh, the Heaven, a uh, documentary short subject Yeah, This right. was a different uh, different uh, people winning no, that was... I thought that was a funny one I don't know anything about this movie But it just struck me because um, uh, As we learned recently from the videos During the uh,
1: uh, wildfires That Hell was on the 405 too <laughs> That's right I wonder if it's an ironic name But it did make me think of La La Land's opening number <laughs>
0: I, that was well. That was my joke when I saw it. Was that? Was, that was a documentary. It was. It was about the making. About of the that. making of that. Uh, uh, except then I was afraid to make that joke because I
1: thought I'd get the highway wrong. Well, it, it was. It was actually the. Yeah, I think it is.
0: Was it the ten? Was it the ten?
1: the ten and the one sixty five. Uh, I don't. Remember. I thought it looked. It looked I thought like it the four Like
0: the ten. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it looked. I thought it was the 405 when I saw it, and, and it, it's not. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't okay, have live it. action short. Oh, so this is the one. That was this the one I was silent just child. About. Silent child. Yeah. Man ben bun. <laughs> I'm sure he's very talented. I'm sure. I'm sure they are both. Um, it wasn't an
0: Oscar for most attractive couple,
1: or, or a couple that most look like they that one of them <laughs> one looked like. He gave a shit about anything, but. No. Oh, what was it? No, oh, that's coming up. That's one coming of us up. tried to look our best for the Oscars. <laughs> Um, and then what came up after that? I'm relying Dave Chappelle, Dave um, Chappelle.
0: I love Dave Chappelle. Have you seen his recent, um, uh, Netflix comedy specials? I've seen
1: most of most of them because like the I haven't one from seen the full episode,
0: year. but the one from last year, I wasn't crazy about it. it had funny stuff, but yeah. it wasn't great. But this one, it, it, it is like, he released two on the same yeah. night.
1: I loved those two. Make yeah. sure you see those. And I don't remember their names. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I walked in. I came home when Carrie was watching both of them, and that's why I saw the majority of both. Yeah, but I didn't know what they
0: yeah, were. Those called. are really. Good. Anyway, he uh, introduces Andre uh Day and Common.
1: Oh, doing from, some from song Marshall. from
0: Marshall. I don't remember what the Stand title was. Stand up
1: for something. Stand up for something. Stand uh, up for something. I would like to know what the song was. Um, I was being talked to. During that And I Couldn't hear it <laughs> And I was oh. I was Decided to be polite And not Say I, I, I'd really like to hear this song Well uh,
0: This was the one singer All night who Sounded confident In, in mm. their singing So I might take well, you'll, I might just You'll have it later But oh. Okay Alright um, Next up Best adapted screenplay Okay so, Now we're getting the These mood. I saw Logan and
1: Mudbound Okay, of these I saw "Call Me by Your Name," Logan, and "Mudbound."
0: All right, what did you think?
1: Um, well, "Call Me by Your Name" I figured would win, um, and when and when I saw "Mudbound," I was like, oh, Now I'm now I'm torn because I I I couldn't decide between the two. Um, I I I liked Logan a lot, but I didn't um. I I I I, I was. After seeing Logan, I was a little offended at all the hoopla at Logan's being unlike any other comic book superhero movie when I'm like, these elements are in the other ones. You just, (laughs) you aren't, you refuse to look at them. They're there. It's just this one has less superhero stuff in it so you can feel good about, and it's color palette is a little more muted so you can feel good about liking something fun. I was happy that a, that the movie of this type of genre got a um uh a nomination, but only because it like I I, I guess I take issue with the fact that it's considered more elevated. Like this and the yeah. dark Knight are considered more elevated when although Logan's much better than The Dark Knight in my opinion. Um, although it doesn't have a performance like Keith Ledgers to anchor, to really make it electric. Um
0: But it's good. It's uh, good. I can't stomach the idea of it getting an award, though, for a script in which uh, a limping Logan uh, can catch up to fit people in vehicles who have a huge head start.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt, the, I felt the, third, the third act was a little trite.
0: After we establish in a, in a shot, just like in the previous scene, that he still has his car. Yeah. For some reason, they show him looking at his car. I'm like, oh, because he's going to get in his car to catch up to them. But then, no, he's going to run, run after them, yeah. even though he can't run. So, okay. Yeah. Also, just him clawing people, it got really old. It did. It and, got old. I
1: mean, you're like, oh, we finally and, get to uh, see it. But it got old.
0: These trained military people should probably shoot their guns. <laughs> they, yeah. should probably, they should probably point their gun and shoot their gun at the guy who doesn't have a distance attack. It was... Yeah. It was
1: pretty. That would have been my.
0: That would have been my <laughs> tactics.
1: I'm, I'm
0: just.
1: It was pretty
0: amazing. I'm not professionally trained, I... <laughs> but that's how I would have approached
1: that situation. As a layman. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was torn because I was like, I think Mudbound should probably get it, but Call Me by Your Name is also like like Mudbound deals with a lot more, a lot more issues and a lot more povs than Call Me by Your Name. But Call Me by Your Name is also about first love. Very potent, potent thing. And Michael Stuhlberg, I think I can say his name right, who is one of, he's like the new John Goodman to me. In the sense, like when you think about the great actors of our generation, we forget John Goodman and we really need to remember John Goodman. He's another one of these guys where it's like Mm. these character actors who are doing amazing, amazing work, uh, whether or not they're giving good material. Uh, and, but in call me by your name, Michael Stilberg gets one of the greatest monologues ever. Um, it's, and he, but I was trying to think of someone who would screw it up, you know, just because it's so great, but he is, he is, he's amazing in it. So, um, call me by your name. Good choice. I was worried. I was going to be worried about the creep factor of, uh of the age difference between Army Hammer and Timothy. (laughs) I can't say his last name. Um, And I was, I didn't think about it really. So I guess strength. I guess you're cool with that. (laughs) I guess. I don't know.
0: Um, All right. I did have my notes, although I don't remember what he was wearing, but I did have my notes ivory with the worst male fashion uh, of the night. (laughs) Oh, James Ivory? Yeah. I don't remember what it was.
1: Uh, I think, I actually think it was a shirt of the lead actor's
0: face. Oh, that was, it was the face. On, it was like he was wearing a, just like a t-shirt he pulled out of the
1: Well, I think Clearance it was rack. the movie. I think it was, I think, I think it looked a lot like the lead actor's face from from Call Me By Your Name.
0: It it could have been the Mona Lisa's face. It would have been a bad, it was a bad choice. It, was, it didn't look good. Um, I did have Army Hammer, um, or maybe Jordan Peele as best male fashion mm. um, of the night. I like the color, um, the colored uh, uh, jacket look on Army Hammer.
1: Yeah, that did look nice. I like Kimmel's purple like evening wear look that he had on. Oh yeah, he looked that good. That was nice. But he changed so many times, I was like, "Why stop changing?" <laughs> <He laughs> um, Penis pants. I guess so you would change too. Okay, did they move to original screenplay after that? Original screenplay. Uh, okay.
0: And here were like three
1: three kind of giant uh contenders here for me. I for we, me four and and I am willing to say five. So I saw all of these. No, I didn't. And they're all worthy. They all they're all worthy. Get Out, um, Lady Bird, Three Billboards. For me, Big Sick, Get Out, Lady, Bil- Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Um, yeah. the, the I For me, The Shape of Water is the weakest. Okay. Um, it's not weak, but compared to these guys. Now, wait, this is traditionally the, car- the category where they give... I always used to say the original screenplay category is the one where uh, they gave the actual best picture of the year the award
0: yeah many times
1: many many times they're like this is the real best picture of the year but we can't give that this movie that award yeah. it's often um, a proxy for most original movie right exactly um and i expect i i i expected get out to get this movie this award uh, and i do think it deserves it um uh, but I was saddened when uh, at first because I thought, oh, that me-, I worried that that's all they were going to get, and turns out it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, but it seemed like a harbinger of. I was like, okay, I'll be okay with Lady Bird getting best screenplay if Get Out gets the rest. Um,
0: I in my personal picks, I had Lady Bird best screenplay,
1: Get Out best picture. Hmm. Yeah, I I I would be I would I would say Lady I would say Lady Bird or Three Billboards or Big Sick really for best screenplay and then Get Out uh but really Get Out deserves it all. It did. I mean it, I, like I was very happy out. that it got this award. Yeah, because it's like this is this is the one that that matters where everything stems from. Cuz without it he couldn't have directed a good movie, he couldn't have Danny Kaluuya couldn't have acted the part, well, part the way he did and and all yeah. and, and so on and so forth um so yeah i was glad and jordan Peel seemed to know it i mean he was very appreciative but he also like seemed to know that he said good night he knew yeah, he wasn't right. gonna get anything else um yeah. but he looks just delighted about it too so um an awesome uh antler uh lapel on jordan oh yeah,
0: yeah a little uh little message there of uh, black power maybe for people who had seen the <laughs> yeah. the film and get the reference. Um, I want to say a little bit about lady bird screenplay, which I'd, I, I would have been very happy if it had won. Yeah. The, the line that like announced itself to me, like this is going to be great writing in this movie is, um, it was early in the film. Uh, Lori Metcalf's character is leaving work um, from the hospital uh, and, and she's talking to her coworker, and she just says, uh, "See you tomorrow." And then she laughs to herself and says, "Oh, I'll see you later." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. just like everything that's conveyed in those, what it's uh, less than ten words. Um, uh, you know, it it feels very just like a a very natural thing to say. It doesn't feel written at all, but it conveys all this information about her and her character and her circumstances. The fact that she's working two shifts, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, things that would be covered in um, exposition by a lesser writer is just condensed into this very natural sounding, just like this tossed offline. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, that's smart writing. That's really, smart, elegant writing. And uh, I thought the movie was just full of
1: moments like that. Oh, yeah. I, I found I found Lady Bird to be um, really surprising in how short almost all of its scenes were and didn't feel too cutty. Like, I thought, all oh, the setups they did, and they only used, like, five seconds of that scene. Like, it was really... But, but, but it took you through yeah. all these things, um, and it felt like it felt right. And I think the editing of that movie probably should have been in the uh, best editing category as well, because mm. it's, uh, it really carries you through. I mean, like, and I, I, and I they didn't need to say much about, uh, much of just remember, uh, the, 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 when she's, um, she graduated and they're having the celebratory dinner. And then Lucas just comes over and hugs her and goes, Oh, did you find out about the wait list? And the dad just goes, Oh fuck. And that's the, end of the scene. yeah, <laughs> Right, it's perfect. It's like that's all you needed to know.
0: Is that that guy's name? Lucas Hedges? No, I no, Terry Lucas Lutz. Says, that's, that's Terry Tracy, Lutz plays the father. Tracy Lutz, Tracy Lutz. plays the father. I wanted him to. I wished he had gotten nominated for best supporting He's actor. He's so good. I loved his performance. Um, I th- that's probably what I think about the most from that movie is that character, mm-hmm. and his performance, and uh, just the one moment, like the most pathetic. Telling moment is um and it was one of the clips that they showed tonight, the confrontation where like how much, you know, it, it, the preceding argument is um Laura Metcalf like, do you know how much it costs to raise you? And then yeah. Lady Bird is like, Well, give me the number, give me the number, and then I'm gonna make that money and I'm gonna pay you back. And she's like, Well, I highly doubt you'll get a job that yeah. could afford it. But what happens right then is when that argument is breaking out, <laughs> Laura Metcalf uh says to the father he's like what are you doing and he's on the computer and he just turns like sorry and you see he was playing solitaire yeah (laughs) like well this argument was breaking out in the room with him and he wasn't paying attention to it yeah and it's just this incredibly pathetic moment you know
1: because i mean i don't think he wasn't uh, i mean you could read that a couple ways but because of his they talk about his depression yeah and his situation and living in it with, with with very strong characters, uh, as he points out. Um, it's like he's just yeah, he's just doing this thing of like they're arguing, uh, and he's playing solitaire to not listen. Right. Not that he's right. just like like not yeah, that's what he's. It's perfect.
0: And it's just one of those perfectly selected yeah. details because yeah. there's is there anything more depressing than playing solitaire <laughs> on a computer? Like just get a deck of cards. Yeah. How could. <laughs>
1: You know? Well the cards like don't There's make nothing those...
0: more like I've given up on trying to do anything with yeah, myself than playing don't... solitaire on the computer.
1: The cards don't jump when you win, you know? You know. I'm I've spent
0: over a thousand dollars on this piece of hardware and I'm I'm gonna use it <laughs> solitaire to do something that's really less satisfying than what I could do with the fifty cent deck of cards. <laughs> right um and then three billboards uh like what we we talked about yeah. it. I thought it had like soaring heights and then like serious flaws um but I thought it like I thought it reached the highest of any of these movies except for Get Out yeah um in terms of what it was trying to do yeah and um and sort of like the miracles it was it was pulling off um while doing it
1: yeah it it really did pull off some miracles and that's why I was able to, I was able to forgive anything that i mean i think the hardest thing to forgive to to get over just from a realism standpoint is that he could throw welby out the window in front of his new police chief and his new police chief stands there watches doesn't help the guy (laughs) yeah and then walks in and plays a little game of semantics it's like no you and then he just gets fired that's it that's all after what he just witnessed him doing. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was hard to <laughs> swallow, but, um, I was, I I was willing to take the ant, the non-reality of, uh, three billboards, which didn't even really register as such for the miracles that it pulled off.
0: So, but big, so sick, my, I'll yeah, my it. big flaw with it was just that it was, <clears throat> it wasn't a movie about victims. It was about the people who are adjacent to victims. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like uh, the black coworker who gets put in jail for no good reason, mm. like I'm not even pissed off or even put out that about that. Well, I'm totally weird. happy now. Or, um, uh, you know, um, everyone else is like really flawed and interestingly drawn and three dimensional, but not Peter Dinklage. He's just gonna get to be this a pure nice guy. Mm. You know, I don't know. I, I just thought, yeah. I thought it was not very courageous about when it decided to give us extremely one-dimensional characters.
1: And, and even the, the, the 19 year old girlfriend of her ex-husband is really funny. Yes. And really and a great performance, but also one dimensional same with Welby's assistant. That I, he has I a completely. Crush on. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're so one dimensional. They don't acknowledge what's happening in front of their face. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that was a problem it led to some good comedy, but it was a problem. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she like, she went on about her new job handling the handicapped horses. Uh, when she just saw someone put a knife to her man's throat, but didn't appear like she wasn't talking nervously. Right. She was literally completely oblivious.
0: Which <laughs> might've been a flaw in a combination of the performance yeah. and the direction. there, Right.
1: Yeah. Um, So you were going to say something about Big Sick? No, I just say see it because uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm a changed man. I'm not going to go on talking about a movie you haven't seen. Oh, wow.
0: That didn't even take editing. Yeah, okay. All right. You get Wes Studi, uh, the Sphinx. We were trying to remember his character's name from Mystery Men.
1: (laughs) That's the one thing I I was like.
0: Was it just the Sphinx or was it like the blue Sphinx? No, that's the blue Raja. (laughs) It was just, I had to look it up. It's just the Sphinx. And then we we're trying to remember the quote about the, playing, the octopus playing the drums. Um, so <laughs> I, was really love, to
1: I really like Mystery Men. I really like Mystery Men. I love that movie. It's so good. I want to show
0: that to my kids. Except it, it's such a smart ass movie. I don't want them to be any more <laughs> smart ass than they are. <laughs> um, oh, and so Benny introduces a montage of war and anti war movies edited to look like they're war movies. Yeah. That was fucked up. When you show a boot camp scene from Full Metal Jacket as a way to honor <laughs> our men and women serving overseas.
1: <laughs> Odd choice. Odd choice. But, I mean, an acknowledgment of what, they had, what they're they going through, perhaps.
0: Perhaps. Okay, dog cloning joke. Yeah, that... Maybe my favorite joke of the night, <laughs> even though it had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> It was a it was a good joke. It was a good joke.
1: <laughs> oh. It takes a lot to run out. No. It was a
0: joke about celebrity vanity,
1: right? Um, exactly. Really. So,
0: um, Sandra Bullock light gag. She's always funny.
1: Yeah, that worked. She's, she's good.
0: And then uh, she introduces um, cinematography. Mm-hmm. I was happy. I was happy with the winner. I was Played happy
1: with Would uh, you think he was drunk or just eccentric? <laughs> because they're all they're all drunk there, really. Yeah. I, yeah maybe he didn't drunk. think he was gonna win. He'd been there fourteen times before and never won. Roger Deakin's the most deserving man of an Oscar anywhere, probably. Um But now so of course stymied only a little bit by the fact that you've had your first female cinematographer uh nomination. Um and did I oh we already we already discussed that part—the thing with Trailblazers. But uh, Mudbound is beautiful and is a fantastic. Definitely deserves the Oscar. But uh, Roger Deakins—it's not just a. We owe him. Blade Runner is fucking.
0: It was a gorgeous film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just. Um, to... Mudbound. I was mad that they only showed daytime scenes because what I thought was most impressive about the cinematography was the way she shot the dusk and night scenes. Yeah. When they're digging the grave with the storm coming. Yeah. Um, and he's down in the hole and how dark, just the way that yeah. scene is lit, how, how you would think you would normally
1: see that scene lit in a movie. Right. And high backlight. Yeah. 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 You know, this light source that's coming from nowhere right just mm-hmm. backlighting everything so you can see everything even though it's dark. getting that
0: edge getting you know. the edge. yeah and uh making very
1: different choices
0: and uh mm-hmm. it really serving the world of the of the film and the tone and the like the moral uh yeah. universe that we we're occupying um i thought that was what was strong about the cinematography of that film so i thought it was really dumb not to highlight it
1: yeah I the, anyway. 100% so that beautiful uh, uh category moving on, what came next? Uh the
0: uh, This is me uh, song from the greatest showman. Ah uh, with another singer uh, who just sounded like she never got a lung full of air.
1: I, I, I disagree. Uh, I think my I, I
0: honestly think most of that was performance. Well, I, I that's my other note, is I just thought there was way too much just, just it. sing it. I just want to hear the. I just want to hear the song sung. That I don't need. Well, sorry, to ahead. hear a breathless whisper in the middle of it. You know, like I just thought it was too much.
1: Eh. Okay, that was my favorite staging of any of the songs that night. Um, and I, okay, despite my feelings for La La Land, um, I had wanted nothing to do with the Greatest Showman. I, I saw the ads for that, and I'm like, ugh. I yeah. It it looked treacly and yeah. It looked it looked like it was doing everything that my wife Carrie was blaming La La Land for, which same pedigree, but just the thing of like here you've got a a guy that P T Barnum, I don't think is historically known as the nicest gentleman when it comes to human rights, right? <laughs> and then you he enslaved people. Yeah, and then you um you you glorify the nobility of being in show business. And I'm like, I don't think this movie's going to undercut that at all, maybe. I don't think so. And and so I wanted nothing to do with it. And then, so I was begrudgingly gonna have to sit through this song for Greatest Showman, and it won me over. I I ended up thinking that was the best one and the best staging and the best performance. Mm-hmm. And then you see the clip of it in the movie when they actually give out the awards, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I saw this one. <laughs> that doesn't look good at all, um, but yeah, no, that won me over. I thought it was the only one that felt like a song. Sufjan <laughs> S- Stevens, as much as I loved his song, it felt like great backing track, and and this is me actually felt like a song.
0: Well, it is sung by the characters in the yeah, you know, so that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should be in different categories, too. Uh, Christopher Walken introducing best original score. Mm. I, I'm i not a person who usually takes note of the score uh, during a movie, but there were two movies this year where I thought the score uh, was really great while I was watching it. And I was very conscious of how great it was. And those two were... Uh, the Phantom Thread, and surprise Dunkirk, because mm. I haven't had very much nice to say about Dunkirk. I thought the score for Dunkirk was
1: fantastic yeah. and a really original, unexpected choice. And it came um, from a source that has been not that for quite a while. Hans Zimmer is just the, uh, while he's done really great work, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like he's been hired as a name to promote security uh, for projects, to say, oh, Hans Zimmer's yeah. doing the score. And then he split himself so much that he's usually collaborating with other people. So he's never really doing like an actual score. He's got his name and someone else is doing, I don't know. I'm not saying Oh, is that right? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really just in, I, just the Despicable Me things where it was like, it felt like he was, there was him overseeing another composer and then Pharrell and then com- they were collaborating with that and he was just kind of. Well, everybody collaborates yeah. with Pharrell. I know. So like, but like, I started seeing that a lot and his name was on everything. And I was like, it's getting kind of worn out. Like none of these scores seem to do anything. And then yeah, Dunkirk's, what I appreciated about Dunkirk was, and I don't know how much of this was up to him, was when he chose not to use score, which is the mark of a really smart composer. And well, the music
0: editor got, was in the editor
1: nomination. That's that, was, true. that was noted, right? Yeah, so. it was noted. So like, um, um, yeah, I, I think, um, bleh, what was I going to say? So yeah, Dunkirk's score was pretty, and I, my feelings on score is that it, really, if I really remember a ton of it, then I it was probably standing out too much. You know, it's not listening to a song on the radio. It's there to support the movie. And so, um, if I, some of the best scores are ones I never took note of the first time, like Get Out. I think Get Out should have been nominated for a score because that really Mm. Um mm-hmm. wasn't until the second viewing that I went the score's amazing. But yeah, uh Shape of Water, beautiful fairy tale music, it's great, but yeah, Dunkirk was really impressive on that.
0: I haven't seen the Shape of Water, but just hearing the score in the show, it just sounded like if you went down to the um whimsical dreamlike Hollywood music bin. It, um, it's what you would, would ima- you
1: would pull out something like that music from it's, Shape it's of Water. What you would imagine a Guillermo del Toro fantasy movie would be, basically.
0: Okay. All right. Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt presenting for Original Song. And the winner was, we've been through all these, it was Remember Me.
1: Oh, that's right. Of course it was.
0: Oh. Is this, have you ever heard anyone else until this um, acceptance speech where someone plugged another project was this the couple
1: that got up? Yeah,
0: this is the Lopez's. What, what, what was the project? I forget. They they talked about a show that they're doing previews of on Broadway.
1: Oh, right. I've heard people plug other projects, kind of, but that was... Really? Yeah. It seems pretty gauche. Every time I've heard it, it seems gauche. But that, that didn't what struck me. What struck me was uh, Mrs. Lopez, for lack of a better name, because I can't didn't remember her first name, is reading her list, and she talks about her, I think she's talking about her daughters, you know, being raised by, you know, uh, family members who want her to be their best and not be silenced and not be just to have their voices and to have men in her life who understand that. And then the husband, they had planned to read certain parts, so I'm not trying to blame him fully, but it was really funny because he started to jump in and she hadn't moved yet, and he he basically forced <laughs> her off the mic. So it was it was like he would, oh, yeah, shut up. Okay, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Acceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expectance and give you your voice. Yeah, fuck it. All right, me. Uh,
0: All right, in memoriam, with uh, Eddie Vedder singing a (laughs) shitty Tom Petty song. How do they get Eddie Vedder to write a song? Eddie Vedder is a much better songwriter
1: than Tom Petty, and I like Tom Petty. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen Eddie Vedder do the in memoriam before. Really? Yeah, I, I kind of some reason when they said Eddie Vedder, I immediately went, oh, here's Eddie Vedder going to be saying, uh, I, uh, how many of these am I going to be asked to do? Can
0: I tell you when uh, they said, like going into commercial that coming up, that, that it was going to be Eddie Vedder performing. And I figured it was going to be for the in memoriam. Then I, Kath and I were talking we're like, oh, he should sing. Uh, he should sing Better Man. And it should be in memoriam for all of the men who've been kicked out of Hollywood for harassment. (laughs) For all the careers that have been ended by the Me Too movement. Um, I also, other things I thought he might be singing in in tribute to was uh, the Chicago Cubs. (laughs) Winning the World Series. Um, <laughs> or they could have just done a whole in memoriam on June 4, because I didn't know she died. And it made me really sad yeah. that June 4 is dead voice of, well, yeah. woman of a million voices. I, I, um, I knew that hugely I, underrated,
1: uh, voice talent. Yeah. I, uh, many cartoons. I, I had known about that and I was very sad about it, but i remember I actually got upset during the memory. I, uh, uh, because they started showing pictures of these person that had passed away, and they saw June foray and then a few other people, and then they get to certain people and then you get clips and I'm like what, what? and I go oh well these must they must be showing the actors and the non act technical people they're just showing pit wait where's june foray's cl- clip Where she she what? they aren't using her voice her voice is all over the place that's what she did. oh, I got really upset Then i Went, oh, and now Joseph for something
0: you'll really like <laughs> Yeah that's what they
1: put in there. Uh, Yeah again the, the memoriam ends with the uncomfortability of like Yeah we're gonna end with uh, Jerry Lewis But how could we not end with Jerry Lewis You know Because <laughs> he's an asshole <laughs> it's, Yeah he was He was quite the asshole
0: Because he was almost as funny As Dean Martin <laughs>
1: So, like, th- this is the thing that I think, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm coming, I have to remember that it's not just Hollywood where the people who have really had enormous positive influences on a thing w- were also assholes and sometimes monsters, <laughs> you know, it's not Many just Many geniuses Hollywood. are yeah, but you know what? That's my fi- I I really like the movie Steve Jobs. The, the, there's a line in it that I keep coming back to all year. It's Seth Rogen as as was Steve Wozniak saying to him when he says your products are better than you, brother, and Steve Jobs is, "That's the point, brother." And then he goes, "It's not binary. You can be a genius and decent at the same time." That is also true. That's one of that's one of my favorite lines. Or truisms that I think we all need to... Is that basically what Phantom Thread is about? I don't know what it's about, really.
0: Uh, um, That's not all that it's about. That's not even primarily what it's about. You should just see it. I will. <clears throat> okay, best so,
1: director. So should have went to Jordan Peele. But again, I feel weird that I'm sad that Guillermo del Toro got the director award. Because <laughs> I love <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. He's a sweet man. I've interv- I've actually shot long interviews with him twice. Oh really? He's very nice. I learned a lot from just the interviews. And so I'm so thrilled and he deserves it. And it's a it's a, a movie that does deserve it. But but Get Out was that's the one. That's the one.
0: Yeah. Like I said, the two masterpieces I saw were Get Out and Phantom Thread mm-hmm. where I just thought the – the so either of those I thought should have won mm-hmm. uh, best picture. Just like had the most master's hand controlling like every aspect of it from mm-hmm. beginning to end and it all serving the purpose uh, excellently. But I didn't see The Shape of Water so I can't comment on it mm-hmm. um, except to say – it just looks to me. I've I've never seen a Guillermo del Toro movie I've liked, like from beginning to end. Mm. Um, they always feel like they're not. What is it? They always feel like they're missing something, and I don't know if I can describe what it is. Mm. Um, they just don't. They don't just connect with me emotionally, you know, um, in like some really important way. Um, and, uh, and this movie just from what I've seen, which is only a little bit, um, and maybe the score is a big influence on my thinking, but it just feels like it's going to be one of those like city of lost children, um, Amelie type of movies where it's just all about, It's all about craft and surface, and um, it just doesn't go deep for me. I don't know. I guess more about the idea of
1: emotions than actually experiencing them. Well, it's obvious that he's trying. I mean, it's uh, you know, big arrows at the beginning of the movie. uh, That um, he mentions the concept, the, the monster that tried to destroy everything. And the monster is Michael Shannon. It's not the it's not the fishman. And Michael Shannon, who I really love as an actor, and he's good, but there's no dim- some dimension to his he's just he's just a monster. That's it. Yeah. And and it's so kind of written as a one note, it's hard to really appreciate it because I'm like, well, what do I learn? What do I take from this? What do I take from something where the bad guy is just you know, I don't know what to take. I don't know what to take from it. I take a lot from Eric, uh, the, from Killmonger, from uh, Black Panther. I take a lot from that. And he's yeah. central to our main character's core. Like the, the conflict is between their value system. That's, you know, I, I don't know what to take from, from Michael Shen just being an evil opposition. So good, but it's no get out. It's no Ladybird. It's no whatever. Okay, moving on. Best actor again. I can't believe I'm sad. Gary Oldman won an award because I love Gary Oldman. Is Gary Oldman there with you? (laughs) That was,
0: that's, I thought it was such a hammy. Cheesy, the whole movie's cheesy. I thought it was just such a ham bone performance. Mm. It was just like, ugh. I couldn't I don't know. I didn't even feel like finishing that movie. Mm. I have nothing good to say about it. I refuse to say anything good about it. No, that's not true. I thought um the guy who played uh King um the king with the speech, King speech, that king. Oh yeah? The stuttering one, he was great. He's the best part of the movie. Is that Ben Mendelsohn? Um, probably, I don't remember. Mm. Just watch his scenes. Watch okay. the scenes. Watch the scenes with him, and then um, uh, here I'll say my next bit when we do our rundown of Best Picture.
1: Okay. Uh, Timothy Sh- 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 Uh M. Night Timothy Chamolais. Um Great, actually. When I saw the movie, I'm like, I see why he's here in this category. He's fantastic. Um, I was interested in seeing Roman J. Israel Esquire. haven't seen it. Um, I'm sure Daniel Day-Lewis is, and I want to hear your thoughts on that. But um, Daniel Kaluuya, hands down, just, I saw something the other I was reading something about the truthful anonymous Oscar voter or whatever Who's ran, running down his things, and he's just like Daniel Kalu is good, but don't don't get ahead of yourself. I don't see what everyone sees in this. And I'm like, well, I don't want to say. Never before have I ever said, well, if you don't see what he's doing, then if you don't like it, then you're racist. This might actually apply here <laughs> because <laughs> you don't see all the things that he's doing to circumvent that world or to. To maneuver to maneuver in that world, then Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. racist. <laughs> I
0: I I thought um the only other performances I saw were um Daniel Day Lewis, who is great, but I also felt like I was just spending two hours with Daniel Day Lewis. It just like <laughs> his character was basically exactly what I imagined Daniel Day Lewis the man to be like to live with. <laughs> And so it didn't seem like that much of a stretch. Um, and, then, uh, and then Daniel Kaluuya, um, who um, – so this is my contribution to our friend Sandy, has um, his Oscar party with pun-based um, food and libations. Mm. Uh, my contribution was the, uh, the Drunken Place, which is a cocktail <laughs> of Jack Daniels and Kalua.:
1: Oh, nice, nice. That's nice. Thank you.
0: Um, I thought I thought Danny Kilkelly gave the richest, deepest, mm-hmm. most nuanced. It's it was all nuanced. It's all nuanced. Um, uh, it's it's all about what he's not saying, and what yeah. he's what he's about to say, and then thinks better of, and then doesn't say. But his eyes are still saying it. You know. Yeah. Um, that's what that performance is all about. Yeah. And, um. Uh, I thought it was great. The knowledge that
1: he can't. The knowledge that he can't express a true emotion.
0: You, uh, his acting allows you to hear the dialogue in his head, and that is
1: some acting. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, let's move on. Um, Best actress.
1: Best actress. Well, again, I'll just be
0: quick. I thought the best performance I saw all year was Frances McDormand. Yeah. So I was very happy she won.
1: Yeah, me too. I would say if there was a a close one. Margot Robbie in Itanya. Yeah. She's brilliant in that movie. And I would I would put it up there if it wasn't for Francis for three billboards just being I mean I mean I mean Margot Robbie knocks it out of the park. Francis McDormand builds a, another park and knocks it out of that one too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then but, knocks the parks down. <laughs> yeah. Sally Hawkins is very good, but I don't I, I didn't I didn't find it holding a candle to either of those the other two performances. And I didn't see the other. Oh, and, and, and Sh- show Ronan, uh, incredible in Lady she was good. Bird. She was but really good. Again, I, I think far and away the front runners of those, uh, Meryl Streep, uh, notwithstanding because I haven't seen it, uh was Frances McDormand and Margaret Robbie. Yeah.
0: And then Meryl Streep just in the Meryl Streep role. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. In a part that like would have won the Oscar 30 years ago, but... <laughs> um didn't have much to it really I thought it was a token nomination that should have gone to someone else probably
1: what, what did you think of uh, yeah absolutely Would I would have taken Anne Hathaway in Colossal actually oh I didn't see it it's so good I think that's a perform- an overlooked performance and an overlooked mm. movie uh, what did you think of her Oscar speech by Francis. McDormand <laughs> The mad cackling uh, scared me a little bit. I thought she
0: was. I, 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 I thought, thought it was awesome, and then I'm like, "Oh wait, shit, she's gonna like lose it."
1: Uh, at that moment, I went, "Oh no, don't let this be a Howard Dean moment where that's all yeah. people talk about is they're going ah." But yeah. like everything she said was there. You go. Do you know? I
0: was like, oh, "I don't want to see what the Breitbart headline is going to be." Exactly.
1: Do you know? Uh, uh, I'm sure they'll use the word hysterical somehow. Right. They'll leave out inclusion writer, but they'll put hysterical.
0: What is an inclusion writer
1: for? So I'm looking at uh, We,
0: we, for, we the, uh, the, for the other people who well, don't know.
1: We had a, I, I wasn't going to say, do you know what an inclusion writer is? But, but Carrie and I looked at each other and we go, is that what we think it is? I don't, I don't know. Um, so apparently is a um, clause in a contract, actress contract, that requires the cast and crew to be diverse in order to retain them as, on that project. So basically, it's something where a big actor would say, "Okay, I'll oh. I'll be in your movie, but your movie has to contain." Okay. Uh, so using your own women clout mi- uh, minorities, losing uh, your clout to, to okay. to lift that up. Otherwise, that's, you don't, that's using
0: you, your privilege.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, you don't get me.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, that's what that is, and so but yeah, they'll only just talk about the cackling liberal who hates America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's mad with
0: power. These yeah, women are getting bad, mad with though. power, Wade. <laughs> the witches are on the hunt now.
1: Uh, okay. Um, she's not, it's not like she's starting trade wars with all our allies <laughs> or
0: anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> also, uh, on the fashion commentary, Yeah. Um, it wasn't – I can't say that the dress flattered her. Right. But I thought it was uh, a bold original choice. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought it suited her suited her personality.
1: Very much. I was trying to wonder why Joel Cohen was so stone-faced.
0: Cuz he's a Cohen brother.
1: <laughs> it's true, but it was just kind of like, yeah, I've been to a million of these kiss go up. <laughs> <laughs> Francis is winning everything.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll express my feelings to you in my next screenplay. <laughs> um, and that leads us to Best Picture of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. Best Picture, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. I thought that was that a was... nice move. For the joke is to just have them presented again, and there is
1: no more joke. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I thought not that like was good. I, I was afraid good Warren sense. Beatty was gonna do the. 'Cause he said everyone thought he was doing a bit when he yeah. opened up the letter. And like I thought he was gonna do actually do a bit, but no, the joke is that they're there again. Yeah. Fantastic. That was well done.
0: Um do you want to rank these? You want to give a personal ranking? Ooh, a personal ranking. I don't From
1: to lowest it. to highest. Lowest to highest. Well, lowest are the ones I didn't bother to go see. Okay. You give me a ranking. Do you have yours down? Why don't you go first? Well I didn't so see I didn't see calling me by your name.
0: And I didn't see uh, The Shape of Water, or as my wife calls it, Scary Splash. <laughs> scary. She got really pissed off at the clip where they're escaping in the back of a laundry truck. She's like, and Splash! They're escaping the back of a
1: laundry truck. <laughs> um, she might, as a warning, there is a, a, um, a gruesome fate to an acute animal. She, oh, might she doesn't not want get, to see it. She might not she get over that. She she already knew to opt out um,
0: <laughs> this one. Um, okay, so I didn't see that. I didn't see Call Me By Your Name. So uh, otherwise, I'm going to rank them um, by easily. The movie I thought was a bad movie was uh, Darkest Hour. I thought Dunkirk was good quality, um, but did not inspire me um, in any way. Really? Um Uh, Otherwise, I'm going to go (sighs) – it's hard. Um, It's like like an album – it's like my two favorite Queen albums, Sheer Heart Attack and Night at the Opera, which are consecutive albums. Sheer Heart Attack is the more consistently great album. Mm -hmm. It's got the highest floor, and it's got a high ceiling. But then the next album has – Night of the uh, it has a uh, bohemian rhapsody, so it has like the highest possible ceiling, but then it's got like a couple of kind of shitty songs, <laughs> so it's got a much lower floor. So oh. it, uh, overall, it's the better album, it's the greater album right, for right. me. It's the greater album, even though sheer heart attack for me is the better album. Mm.
1: Does that make sense? It makes complete you know? sense. I'm actually uh, in, in a big debate about that right now myself.
0: And so that's where I have trouble ranking uh, *Lady Bird* and Three Billboards*. Where I thought *Lady Bird* was almost note perfect, if it just weren't the um, football coach scenes, um, <laughs> which I just thought like were totally off and felt like they belonged to a different movie. Yeah, I understood what they were, what she was going for with uh, like some comic relief in a moment in a part of the movie that needed comic relief. Um, it just was too much of a cartoon in a movie that really avoided ever being cartoonish any other time so um so lady bird for me had the highest floor three billboards like well just francis McDormand alone makes it like mm-hmm. a soaring um mm-hmm. triumph in that respect and then it had some like kind of frustrating things but the frustrating things didn't get me down right so okay yeah. so i'm gonna
1: rank three billboards higher i loved lady bird though yeah lady
0: bird's a great movie
1: this is one of those um, this is one of those lists where it's like the top half is like yeah. all Okay, so my lowest to highest would be um
0: uh Darkest Hour uh oh The Post. Okay. I always forget about The Post. Post was just mediocre. It was good. Uh, I'm going to rank The Dunkirk higher than The Post. Then I'll go Lady Bird, Three Billboards. Um and I'm not missing anything, right? Phantom
1: Thread, Get Out. Get Out's my movie of the year. Okay. Cool. Um, just so we end on a movie of the year, uh, I, I wanna, I'll want put out one one more observation I had. I, I, I wanted to make something called... I've been noticing something lately the past few years. I wanted to make something called the John Gazelle Award, which is the character actor who appears in seemingly the most award-nominated uh, movies. Okay. This year is crazy, but I was gonna say the, the guy that plays Welby in Three Billboards is the brother in Get Out. And Which it he, took me until the end of the Billboards right. movie to figure out where I'd seen him before. But and I then fix- he's also in the Florida project and he's in something else too. Oh really? I can't remember, but he's in something else too. And so um so he's I thought, well, he's getting the John Gazelle Award this year because referring to the John Gazelle being uh the character actor uh who was in uh he only did 4 films in his lifetime he died early but the four films that he did were the godfather godfather 2 godfather pedro, two,
0: pedro uh, Pe- fredo fredo Pre- fredo <laughs>
1: pedro <laughs> i would like to see that version of the movie uh dog day <laughs> afternoon and the conversation right so he did and the deer those. hunter oh oh deer hunter not Con- was he in the conversation I don't know. No. Um, so yeah, just a stellar filmography if cut way too short. Um, so I don't want any of these people to die, but I did notice that they were in a lot of the same uh, movies. Uh, but this this year, of the ones I saw, all the actors were in all these movies. Like Michael Stuhlberg was in Call Me you By Your Name and Shape of Water. Uh, 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 well, I won't go into it, but, but you just noticed that there's a... Oh, Bradley Whitford, I think, is in the Get Out in the post. Um, It just they share all these same character actors. Um, uh, It was weird to keep. Timothy Chalamet is also in Lady Bird. Um,
0: Is he the first boyfriend in Lady Bird? First boyfriend, yeah.
1: And then he's the son in Three Billboards. He's he's completely different because I thought, really, this is the guy that's nominated for the other movie. I don't think I want to see it. But yeah, he's completely different. It's amazing. Okay. So my Uh, speaking of character actors,
0: mm -hmm. most distracting moment (laughs) in any movie for me this year was Bob Odenkirk and David Cross appearing on screen together in The Post.
1: Which is actually the reason I want to see the movie more than anything.
0: But I didn't hear a word that any character said in that (laughs) scene because I was like, "Holy shit! That's Bob Odenkirk and David (laughs) Cross standing together." And. the same movie in a steven spielberg movie the post was so generic by the way that i i couldn't remember going in who directed this movie again it was like it was somebody i know it was somebody big and then i'm watching it like i'll figure out while i'm watching it right if they don't put the credit up i'll figure out by the style and so halfway through i'm like it's
1: ron howard Ron Howard directed <laughs> that's how that's, mediocre that's, it is that's saying something yeah it's saying something Okay, so uh, uh, okay, so I'll rank it by now. Given I haven't seen Phantom Thread or the Post, so um, and I've only seen forty minutes of Darkest Hour, so giving Darkest Hour the short shrift and putting it last at number seven, uh, and then number six, so I'll put Dunkirk. <clears throat> number five, I'll go Shape of Water. That's I had a tough time between Shape of Water and Call Me by Your Name, because. Call Me By Your Name, I think I'm going to think about more. So I'm going to, so again, uh, Darkest Hour, L- L- Lowest the Top, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, Three Billboards, and Get Out this is by far the best movie of the year as well. Our predictions from a year ago stood the test of time.
0: Well, we were in... It wasn't a controlled experiment. That's we true. uh <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> We did have the power to... <laughs> See that outcome
1: <laughs> stick if we really want to, just for our own pride and for good radio.
0: That's right. Okay. All right. Well, any final thoughts on this? What was supposed to be an hour episode? Ah, uh, uh, nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So we're on all the things with the thing and the who and the little bird sign and the Facebook and the the thing. We can check out the liner notes of this uh, podcast to get that out. Say it. Thanks for listening to us ramble. Just remember, if you didn't give get out every award possible, you awarded it wrong.